to the ether today is thursday october 27th 2022 today on the ether part one of a two-part chepe space that started out titled coach bruce where are you and ended up titled alien live underground let's take a listen morning hey i'm just kind of walking out of work and uh like uh headed to my car what's up not much. I uh, just rolled out of bed. Not so long ago. Went to boil a kettle. Get out the door. I usually can't chat on the train because the reception's so bad. So I figured I'd jump in a little bit before I head out the door. Oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I was just waiting for the gang to show up a little bit. <laughs> I think Bruce was trying to find me. He was. <laughs> that's why the title of the space. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I feel like it's been a week or so since Steffi Bruce been. What's that? Yeah, I feel like it's been like over a week since a good Steffi Bruce space. Yeah, I need to get. He was like, "Where are you at?" I'm, I'm like, "I'm at work." He's like, "Well, hurry up and finish." I don't know if he had something specific <laughs> or what. We'll see. So, what happened with the? Uh, Luna Classic crowd today. Did they sort something out or what? Uh, I'm, I'm not so sure. I jumped into a Diamond's Hand space for a, a little while. I think it was wrapping kind of towards the end. I haven't been into one of his before. It was very different to some of the other Luna Classic spaces I've been in. It's much more like uh, it's almost got a Rachel vibe. Like, yeah, <laughs> we, we kind of deals. Now, yeah, you're right. It's like going to church. <laughs> it's very, it's a strange experience. He's like a, almost like a radio preacher vibe uh, or something like that, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's like a very typical American preacher vibe too, which is really, really funny. I don't know if, I don't know if it's like, they sound like that in Australia or wherever you're from, but no, yeah, yeah it's like an American, like it feels like, like someone I'd seen a TV show or a movie to, like to me. Exactly. <laughs> He's got that some sort of like Tennessee or maybe like a, I don't know, Kentucky type of, uh, Southern accent, which is, which is interesting. <laughs> but, um, yeah, anyway, <laughs> The uh, what what I can't figure out exactly is, um, you know, uh, it's quite a lot of work to sort of like uh, upgrade that chain. So I don't know how long it's going to take and what's going on exactly. Um, so we'll we'll have to see, I suppose. Yeah, I know you, you've been pointing out lately that it's not because it's so all these you know, proprietary in-house modding is sort of been done to the code. It's not kind of simple uh, 
cut and paste sort of upgrade job as it would be for a lot of Cosmos chains. Yeah, well, I think once once it's fully upgraded, then yeah, you on both chains and stuff like that. But I don't know what kind of technical shit has to happen to make that all work. Hey, Bruce. Hey, uh, you want to explain why you haven't followed me, Sophie? Wait, why didn't what? Why haven't you followed me? Follow you? Is, uh, I made it played into account so, to see who my friends are, and it's clearly not you. Well, I'm following you now. Wait, why did you make a new account? I wasn't even sure if it was actually you. It might not be me, but um, it's because the <laughs> the Asparagoid account is on about five strikes. You know, there's a, a you know on YouTube or Twitter, there's a strike system. Twitter has right. Twitter has five strikes, and then you're gone forever. You're not allowed to come back. You're you're exiled from the platform forever. Um, and uh -huh. there's like a, a progressive thing where you get warned and you're allowed to delete your post. Then the next time you get like an hour timeout and next time you get 24 hour timeout and the next time you get seven day timeout. And then after that, you're permanently banned. Anyway, for, for saying various words like midget and gimp, I got to the point where any little thing could give me a permanent suspension. The, the reason I created a new account was because uh, Twitter tries to ban users rather than accounts. So if I'm banned on a Sparagoid, I don't want to be have the, the LunkDAO account banned too. You see what I mean? Like it's a, too much of a risk. I'd rather just create a new account with no strikes. I'm, I'm getting a lot of uh, like robot voice from you. Is, is it your connection or is it mine? I'm not really sure. I think it's yours. Yeah, it sounds fine to me. Okay. Yeah, hold up a second. Let me see if I can come back. One sec. Maybe it's because you just don't respect me with a lower follower count. Gone down from 15,000 to 100. So, I don't know, like a social status change. I have to be honest, before you showed up here just now, Bruce, I was suspicious that... Um... Someone was feeding your tweets into one of the generators now. Uh, they could do, and it would probably be better than me and more consistent. I'm really, if you put my tweets into there, they're, they're basically as good as my normal ones. <laughs> they are quite good. I've seen it. It's because, um, it's because I'm very consistent, like in what I, the kind of things I write. The AI can learn it quite easily. It's quite interesting. Um, I don't know if you've seen um, Lunar Legacies are also pretty uh, pretty true to life. Yeah, uh, I messed with it before. I got um, I generated like a thousand of them, and I just sat there for a good hour reading all of them. It was super funny. Like one of the the crazy things about it is that um, we all have a slightly different sense of humor, right? Like all of us have a slightly different sense of humor, and what I found is that the AI made me laugh more than anyone because like it was me <laughs> it was like the kind of things i would come up with and and say so i was like sitting there laughing my fucking ass off like like just like i don't know just really hit the right spot whenever i was reading them um i made like a thousand of them and just read them for, for a long long time just cracking my fucking self up spitting my cereal all over the screen in laughter it's so good um but like it it heavily depends on the kind of poster i think like some posters are quite consistent in the kind of things they write or their writing style. And then the AI is really, really good at learning that 
but with other posters, it's kind of inconsistent. They can they can be a bit serious or um, you know kind of random, or they have very different styles for different occasions, and that that way it's quite boring. Um, but yeah, yeah, it didn't really work for me. It made me wanna it made me wanna be a little more consistent. I found a different one that would like generate even for like that main one that people are using. Like if it's not if it can't pass it, it just will reject it. But there's another one that would do it no matter what, and it was just came out like a gobbledygook. Absolute nonsense mess. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I step off a little bit here. Let me, I've, got um, this, I've got this hideous connection. Everyone sounds kind of robotic. I don't know why. I kind of disconnected and like reconnected my cell and everything. No idea. Can you hear me mm-hmm. okay? I can hear you. Yeah, okay, you're fine. Yeah, I can hear you. Maybe it's just the weather or some shit. Anyway, yeah, so, so if you have a new account though, right? Uh, I don't think it's going to retroactively find, like, I don't think it's going to find old accounts uh, necessarily, will it? Like, so if you create this one, right, and you have one that gets banned, the new one's probably okay, as long as you don't create it afterwards. What do you think? Like, a spare account, in a sense, right? No. Well, what I'm talking about is is Asparagoid and Lunkdown. And I've logged in and uh, out of them again and two. again for the past, yeah. like six months. So it already knows you're on like the same IP addresses and stuff. Same IP, same same phone, logging in and out like within seconds, again and again and again. Um, you know, harassing people on both accounts at the same time. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's just too much of a risk. Like I would not want to lose that hundred K account just for saying the word GIMP or something on the Sparagoid. I don't know. Just, yeah, I want to be... It's too much of a pain in the ass to recreate that, obviously. And I've already... It would not be... I wouldn't worry too much if nothing had ever happened, but I've been permanently banned twice and just got out of jail by writing angry emails both times, like legal emails both times. But that's just fucking annoying as well. Like, (laughs) it takes such a long time. And I had to email like five, six times to start with. Um, presumably they, when they get like a back pile of like five, six emails, they're like, oh, this guy is serious. He might take legal action or something. Um, I threatened them with, with legal action and, and talked about the regional differences in the use of the word midget. Like the last, <laughs> you gave last him like the Webster's the last, dictionary. Uh, <laughs> the last legal email, I think I told you the last legal email I wrote, it was like an analysis of the word midget and what it means in the UK that midget means midge which is like a gnat or a little mosquito in the uk and we just use it kind of uh, colloquially to mean an insignificant person and it had no meaning at all to do with dwarfism and like that kind of and like i gave a deconstruction of like the context and the in-context rules of twitter and like how i had no idea about this guy's size so i couldn't be possibly even call him a dwarf if i wanted to you know added to the <laughs> language use thing and then I, ins- I, the other thing was I insisted that I wanted to call him an insect. I was like, I did not intend to call him a dwarf. I intended to call him an insect. <laughs> like I was very clear about it because I thought that way somebody reading it might laugh for one. And they would also not think I'm completely faking my intent. They would think like, okay, he did mean to be mean, but not in the way we thought. So it's not hateful. So, yeah, you know what you missed yesterday. Um, so I let sort of like uh, Jimmy, you know, Jimmy the Otter, 
like sort of like hang out for a while. Because uh, you know how sometimes he goes off the rails, right? But he actually kind of hung it hung together for like a number of hours. I know he periodically he sort of like ranted at people, but but uh, the guy is just super smart. I don't know if you like sat with him for any significant period of time, but the amount of reading he's done on world history, world events, and just like um, I don't know. Mm, like interactions between like different regimes in China and Russia and this, that, and the other thing. And like, I think he's living in China right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he knows Chinese and he's like chatting with the, <laughs> the grocery person in Chinese. Like he's actually pretty sharp. Uh, I, you know, it, it's going to inflate his ego if he hears me say it, but like <laughs> he's, he's a, he's, he's actually a very smart guy. I don't know. It, it was a very <laughs> interesting conversation. You not realized he is smart. He's just, um, he's kind of, a an outsider character and also a little bit like a, I don't know, like a kid who played alone or something. <laughs> like he can, yeah. never, he can never quite maintain the, he can never quite maintain like group cohesion for long. And a, a part of that is, is like a bit of self amusement, but another part is like a compulsive kind of destructive impulse right. yeah. overpowers regardless, which is quite funny. And it, yeah, it's like, he's always done it. So he just keeps on doing it. Like there's no, um, it's not a routine. It's just like a, a personality trait, which is quite interesting. Hello. Give me a sec. I'm kind of ordering at the, at the, uh, drive through. Give me a second. The brothel. Yeah. Okay. Bruce, why exactly did you make a second account? Jesus, man. Don't you think about 10 people have already asked me in here. And don't you think by arriving late and asking me again, you're being disrespectful to everyone. Bruce. Don't pull this bullshit with me, okay? We literally just listened to that story. Could you tell him? T-bar? It's a spare account in case the other one gets a, uh, like banned. Pretty much that's the story. <laughs> okay. Cool. On, on Twitter, they have a strike system. So you get five strikes. And on the fifth strike, you're banned forever. A permanent ban. And that means that you're not allowed to make any new accounts or use any other accounts. You're gone. They they want you off the site. They consider you hateful. You're a hateful person and you're never coming back and there's no chance of you changing. You're gone forever. And Bruce was on about five strikes or like 4.9 strikes uh, because of the use of the word midget and the use of the word gimp and other words like, I don't know, I think I called somebody a, a, a keyboard, a cum-stained keyboard warrior or something like that at different <laughs> points, you know. To bake them into spaces, get it? You know why are you typing at me? You, you fucking uh, on your cum stain keyboard. Get in the space like a real man. I said things like that to people. I called someone a midget boy last, and and I was banned for that permanently. And I had to get out of jail by writing legal letters to Twitter. Um, but anyway, if they were to ban Asparagoid, that might mean that that indirectly they would also ban Lunkdown because they are trying to get rid of the user who controls both accounts. They consider the user the hateful person, right? So for me, it's just not worth the risk. It's not worth the existential risk to have Asparagoid banned and then potentially Lunkdown banned. So I'm just going to make a new account that doesn't have any strikes. Mm, Okay, I see. Yeah, whenever I go to uh, your original account, I can't see any of the tweets at all. I don't know if that's maybe just like a glitch on my end, or like Twitter's just trying to fuck you over, but... No, it's just it's deactivated. It just disappears. I can bring it back. It's not gone. It's just that I don't want to get another strike on that account. 
You think he'll just log on to the account and they'll be like, this fucker's back. Give him the strike. Get him off here. <laughs> well, I don't know. But but um, I'll find out if I do it this way. We need to make friends with Elon somehow. <laughs> I was about that. to say, yeah, Elon. Elon will fix it all, you know? Hopefully, yeah. Well, I, I've got a lot of problems with um, Twitter moderation. Uh, number one, it's just like, it's ridiculous. Like I said, the word gimp and midget, and that's enough to ban me, a long-term user, who's given a lot of people a lot of laughs over a long period and, and like really nice interactions. And I manage uh, businesses and all these kind of things here. Like it's, it's, it's I, one of the things I have a problem with is it's strange how a, a, an account with say 100K followers or one follower are treated exactly the same. So if a 100K account says the word midget or a one follower account says the word midget, they are both banned or, or reported or whatever for hateful contact, for hateful conduct. Um, and it doesn't matter their contributions. Like it doesn't matter the scale of the positive contributions. It doesn't matter how many fun interactions they've had, how many positive interactions they've had, how many followers, how many likes and retweets and thing, and people they've made laugh and all this stuff. None of that matters. All that matters is that at instant in time, they consider you to have been hateful. So like, as you get a larger and larger account, there's more and more of an incentive to be this agreeable little sheep who never offends anyone because the same risks are open to you as a large account as there are to these tiny new accounts who have no skin in the game at all. It's quite interesting. Um, it's, the same in like, it's the same in the like medical community. So, you know, you could have been, you could have participated in, you know, the saving or like the treatment of like a hundred thousand lives. Right. And then it's like some, some goofy nonsense, uh, you know, gets you a slap on the wrist or, you know, some other, you know, like, or for example, a good example is, so when you apply for a a new medical license, um, they'll ask you things like, okay, do you have any like black marks on your record? Do you have any history of lawsuits? Things like that. Which fortunately, over my lifespan, I do not, considering how much volume I've seen. Uh, but uh, if you have one thing, right, it doesn't say, okay, this person has seen 100,000 patients and this one uh, event happened, right? It's just like you've got to sit there and explain that one event for the rest of fucking time, right? It's really just like asymmetric and, and the data collection is very, very poor in that respect. Yeah, um, but it's the same. It's the same story here. It's like your your positive impact makes no difference in a way. Yeah, they they focused entirely on like what is hateful conduct, how how do we detect it and remove it, but they haven't focused at all on how do we how do we model and give a score for the person's positive social impact, and then ideally you'd have a system where you counterbalanced it, right? Like like the more positive impact someone had, the more lenient you would be with them because they are your power users right they were the ones that you would like to have on the site um you know there's these law of one percent on the internet one percent are like true creatives people who have a high output nine percent are like the contributors the ones who kind of comment but are caught in the flow of the main creators and then about 90 percent are just lurkers like if if you if you make it completely asymmetric for the the high contributors that they just can't do anything without being reported or cancelled or whatever. It's a horrible situation. Um, I think there really needs to be more weight on positive contribution. They also Otherwise, look at it, but they also think of it like, well, look, you are more likely to have a large account if you're either, I don't know, rich or like, so in other words, we're going to treat people with high follower accounts as sort of privileged in a sense. And 
that gives you kind of an elite status. But but social, you know, but it's it's similarly um, the case in like courtroom situations too. It's like to some extent, um, you know, lawyers try to attract your, attack your credibility because like jurors look at a person who's let's say lived a life of that's very good in every other way. They might say, wait a minute, I'm not sure this guy. I actually believe this guy did this thing because you know, the last 70 years of his life or whatever it is, um, he didn't do anything wrong, right? So <clears throat> the, the opposite lawyer will try to destroy your credibility because they don't want a jury to look at your past um, life as some indication of maybe motive, uh, motive or something like that. So I, I don't know, like, what the right, I don't know what the right mix is exactly. Yeah. The, the other thing is that, like, how are the reports processed? Okay, in two ways. Number one, uh, rules-based AI detection of words and things like that. A lot of it is just, like, it can detect hateful conduct by now um, in a number of ways. Like, if somebody says, like, you know, key words like whore and slut and whatever else, they're going to get auto-banned, right, for, for hatefulness. Or, um, you know, some of the key words, like people who are being anti-transgender, homophobic or whatever. But... A lot of it is also processed by these kind of third world, um, cheap labor kind of report processor people. And I, I think one of the interesting things here is that the the kind of people who would work jobs like that are the people who are also likely to be the most socially incapable of making a, an astute judgment on the true context. Right. Like somebody who reads me just fucking around, like reading, saying midget boy or something. The kind of person who is going to process that report is going to be a social retard. It's, you're not really, um, you're not being judged by a jury of your peers, really. As it were, it's everybody. You're breaking up, Sophie. I'm saying, like, you're not being judged by a jury of your peers, you're just being judged by a jury of anybody. Which, uh, yeah. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're, if you're kind of smart or using satire or parody or whatever, you know, regional kind of sense of humor or absurdism or something, you're not going to get a person who's going to understand. Like, they are just going to read it literally, and they are going to have the worst possible interpretation, or maybe biased by the report of the, the seething little weirdo who's reported you and reported, like, loads of your tweets and claims that they are a midget, and you've been specifically targeting them because they're a midget. I guess it depends on who wants to go after you, too, and how good they are at, like, you know, the, the reporting or whatever. Oh, yeah. Like someone like me tends to like I will have these interactions that last probably 10 seconds in my head. But for the person, it, it will last a lifetime. They will be seething for years and years and years. Did you see the the response video when I called that guy like a keyboard warrior midget boy? <laughs> you remember the guy I made like he made like four response videos breaking down what happened and like how Lunk Dao is unreasonable. And stuff like that. He really, he Wait, really. He made, he made four videos outlining the whole experience on Twitter. Yeah, outlining the whole thing and how Lunkdown is a hypocrite, and uh, you know he can't believe the immature contact conduct of the CEO, and like he's he wants us everyone to undelegate from us, and this is unacceptable, and this is killing Lunk, and this is the reason the price has gone down. You know, th this is the reason. This kind of he has his favorite words too. He keeps saying sophomoric. <laughs> he's got like his did you listen to that video Sophie that was a great video he kept saying the same fucking word Chugs saw this thing come up come speak Chugs you probably remember it better than me I think you masturbated so 
<laughs> Chugs is masturbating. Mm, yeah. I, I, Bruce, um, I just wanted to throw something in here. Um, I think uh, Twitter is really dependent on content creators like um, Sefi or like you. You know, you make us laugh here about the sad things. Uh, you discuss really interesting ideas. Yeah, you are right. I did math about over three times, Bruce. Uh, no, fuck off. Right. Uh, <laughs> I think the thing he kept saying that was amazing in this video, and it stuck with me this entire time, is, yeah, I can put that in your pipe and smoke it whenever he thought he made a point. And it was just goddamn, like, it was, it, it was comedic genius to laugh at him. Like, socially retarded, like you said. O only way of describing it. Well, it's, it's always interesting because you, when you're having an interaction with someone like that, you're, you're almost treating them like an AI or something. Because as you get into like one of these reply chains, like you, you post something and they reply and like the reply is just fucking stupid. And then you reply something back, like maybe uh, kind of almost like a parody of them or a mirroring of them. I see it a little bit like spiritual mirroring, whatever energy they bring, I kind of just feed back to them, like almost like this weird kind of edifice of themselves, just because it's funny. So I reply with something and then maybe add some like clown emojis or something. And then they reply again. And I reply again with the similar energy or whatever. Then they reply again. And then I reply again, like, hey, stop typing on your keyboard. Stop typing on your Comstain keyboard, you little keyboard warrior. You know, be a real man, come to the space. And then I post the link for the spaces to bait them into the space. And then, like, and then like, uh, but this guy, he didn't take the bait. He, <laughs> he made like four response videos. You see, the funny thing is the first video I saw was 20 minutes long. I didn't watch it all. I just watched like most of it. So if he's made four videos, each of them 20 minutes long, this guy's got way too much time on his hand. Just like the amazing thing. Oh, is they're, they're not 20 seconds. They're 20 minutes long. Oh, yeah. Like 15 minutes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the, amazing, the, the funny thing is like when somebody... Somebody is so stupid, they feel like they're, it's, it's almost like AI or something, like no, no progress or resolution is possible. They're just typing kind of paraphrased versions of the same AI-generated message again and again and again. I've got but an then, example like, of this. Turns out to be real. They end up making an hour worth of videos, and it's like, fuck, how is this person, how did they navigate life? <laughs> and the other, the other funny thing about this guy is like, making these videos, <laughs> imagine, imagine and in the background, their life looks... <laughs> In the, do you remember, in the, Bruce, let me just let me back you up on this one. Do you remember yesterday you came into the Space Sefi and there was that one really loud Northern English guy that would not shut the fuck up? Uh, and he just kept saying the same thing over and over and over again about how he doesn't trust TF, TR and all that sort of stuff. And you said, okay, what rules do you want? And he was just completely dumbfounded by the fact that you asked him that question and he just went on to bitch and moan again rather than actually answering your question and giving any sort of like props to say, this is what we want. Like, do, you, do you remember that? Imagine that on a much wider scale. Well, now yeah. you have to you have to imagine. I knew he was gonna not have an answer, right? Like when oh, I was, yeah, yeah. I was doing the same yeah. thing my entire space. I'd like someone kept saying uh, just like all, all the shit that TR was doing. I just had to explain what are they doing? This isn't their product. Like how how are they doing all these things that they don't own? Like fuck off. And like yeah, it was just it was it was a very chaotic space. It's amazing to me that that these people are actually real. Like from all of these interactions on Twitter for such a long time. I've kind of started treating them almost like you're playing around with an AI, like you're messing around with GPT-3 or something, like a very primitive AI that just keeps generating the same kind of things. And it's like you're having fun with a little robot friend. But then like for that, for that person who appears to be so primitive, they could be programmed in like five lines of Python to actually become a real person is this amazing revelation to me. 
It's like, wow, how is this person navigating their own life? The funny thing about this guy is in his YouTube videos, he has like a thousand birds in the background. He, he's running like this massive. <laughs> Chugs, do you remember? Did you hear the birds? I did. <laughs> I did. I did. No, I heard the birds. I might have to go back and watch The guy has like 100 parrots in the background, Sefi. He's like, he's like, Asparagoid said this. He's immature. He did this and that. He, he shouldn't be running lunked out. This is the end of the, this is the end of the, the lunk blockchain if this guy it remains in charge. And in the background, it's like, <laughs> like little parrots and shit. The parrot is just like reiterated what he said. End of the blockchain, end of the blockchain. Just like after he said it. That would be fucking close. Oh, and then like the, the same guy is, is uh, he, as he was speaking, he was doing like a, a covert middle finger at me and stuff like raising his middle finger up to his ear, like fuck you as he's speaking. Just this like weird, <laughs> passive aggressive kind of redneck guy. You're, you should watch the whole thing, Sefi. It's really good. It's a glorious experience. No, you, you know what was very revealing to me um, about sort of like the nature of people and sort of what we consider intellect um, is when I saw these statistics, like, I don't know, the average you know, IQ of people in the United States is about 93. And the average IQ of like electrical engineers is like 90 or something. And this sort of like sociologic data that suggested that most people, when asked like what they think their IQ actually is compared to like some sort of like average, they overestimate by at least 10 points how smart they really are. So I thought that entire, that like, I'm like, wait a minute. So like, this explains everything. And even even a doctor in the United States, I think the average is like maybe 105, which, you know, like I think 100 for is the average for like Northern European white people or whatever the statistics are. And it's different for different racial groups, uh, Japanese and like, I don't know. Hey, like, hey, man, I'm hearing a lot of racism here. <laughs> this is clear racism. So, yeah. So anyway, but the point is, uh, I guess like um, the, the so and then you look at like, I think Japan was like 110 and then, and then like Jewish was like up to 115. And like say Jewish, like as, as, a, as a race of people, Jewish. Yeah, like, well, we're talking about really like more Ashkenazi type Jews. Type yeah, whatever. Uh, Ashkenazi Jews have about 114 average, which yeah. is quite a why they're in a lot of these um super high be in these roles no uh, but like you but you doesn't it doesn't take long to figure this out you're like wait a minute like all these nobel prizes are like 80 percent jewish people like what's going on here right like these people aren't idiots they're clearly geniuses it does like and then you go look at the average for an electrical engineer and you're like wait a minute i know some electrical engineers and okay so to do a reasonable job as an electrical engineer you know, you can make it with about a 90, you know, 90 to 95 number that just gives you a better outlook on what those numbers actually mean. Like, I think people just automatically assume that because they can tie their shoelaces, they can like order a you know meal at, uh, you know, a restaurant and maybe they can hold a job or whatever. They just assume all of a sudden that they're 100. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I, and yeah, like it's it's kind of like an exponential uh, numerical system too because like it's like if you have mental retardation is defined as 70 or below and you have like entire you know regions with people with iq of 75 to 80 um it just goes to show you there's a massive leap between 70 to 80 
in terms of just general, like general intelligence, right? And then 80 to 90 is another massive leap if you think about like, well, an electrical engineer average is there. And then an average doctor in America is like 105-ish or whatever. So you have to take a lot of tests and you got to learn a bunch of shit, memorize stuff and get there. And even then it's just 105. It's not like, oh, look, I'm a doctor. That's an average 105. That means some fraction is 95. And, you know, some people are, you know, much more than that, obviously. But it so that it's kind of revealing as to the nature of like, who you might be dealing with on a daily basis, like when you go to the supermarket or just knowing people in general. And uh, like, if you don't realize this, right, you, and if you are a smart individual, you could be sort of like missing the mark as far as like your, um, like the language you use, the communication you use, like how you think you're, someone's gonna like understand the nuance of what you just said. But in fact, they didn't understand a fucking thing about the nuance of what you just said, right? Yeah. And, and you think they did because you think other people think like you do. So there's a tendency to project your own mind into the brain of another person and say, wait, why didn't you understand what I said to you? Um, and uh, I, I think it's, <laughs> it's an amazing differentiation between uh, groups of people. And if you deal with a lot of people on a regular basis, I think you'll notice this. And if, you're, if you don't deal with lots of people, at different levels, um, it's e- it's much easier to live in your own head and not realize how different people are. Yep, uh, and uh, also interesting is is people are very very bad at at uh, assessing other people's IQs, <laughs> like intelligence levels. They're they're often super fucking off. You notice this, Steffi? Like when let, let's say like a ninety IQ person tries to estimate who is smart in a room. Uh, even in a Twitter space, like they have a kind of estimate of, of how smart people are based on their output. It's often wildly off, like to almost hilarious degrees, like they'll evaluate on completely the wrong criteria. Um, also, another interesting thing is like, if you are significantly or even moderately more intelligent than someone, you will be pretty accurately be able to estimate how intelligent they are. And there will be no fooling you, right? And and like, <laughs> and anything that person says, uh, you will understand how intelligent they are. It, it's like quite this interesting effect because people can often, people often, do you remember we had that woman in the space who claimed she was like 155 IQ before? Oh, remember? that brave woman. Jesus fucking, yeah, and she kept going funny. on about trying to learn guitar and like she could never do it, but she just repeated right. the same thing again and again. So, so she, she made a big fucking mistake uh, of wandering into a room of quite intelligent people. And, uh, and on that day, she claimed to be a genius. And she asserted that her IQ was 155. So I was like, what test? Like, what, what supervised psychometric test have you done? Have you done Ravens? Have you done, um, you know, the Wenchler Adult Intelligence Scale? Uh, have you done Cattle Culture Fair? Like, what have you done exactly? And she was like, oh, well, uh, she had the hor- most horrible fucking voice as well. Oh, I can't remember. Chuck, can you remember her fucking voice? It was like this horrible whining uh, witch-like voice. She uh, talked a bit like this, you know, very cockney, very southern, you know, as, as it goes. Anyway, uh, I, I, like, got it out of her. She was like, oh, well, I did my test online. And, uh, like, I dug more. And it turns out this woman had done an unsupervised test on the internet. No timing, no, um, you know, psychometric validation of, of being one of the, you know, the, the standardized tests or anything like that. She'd done it untimed. Uh, on the internet, unsupervised, and it seemed like she paid like five. She said she'd paid five hundred dollars 
to get her results, <laughs> reports. And, she and got one scammed of these, out of what it she is. Got scammed out of five hundred dollars on some internet. It's one of these. Um, she's smart. <laughs> it's one of these sites that you you fill in like fifty questions, and then in the end it says, "Oh, you know, if you pay X amount of dollars, we'll send you a report. We'll give you your full personality evaluation." Uh, oh, by the way, just before we do that, you're a genius. And uh, just just before we do that, you're definitely a genius, and uh, we can we can understand how being a genius must have caused you a lot of social dysfunction in your life. So this report will help a great deal. Now pay the five hundred dollars. So she was like uh, kind of boasting about how her genius had caused all of the social dysfunction in her life for for her whole life. And you know, if only she wasn't so smart. And she and she was like doing the the kind of typical thing where she's like, well. Despite being so smart, I can't play the guitar. If 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 only I had the ability to be playing the guitar, I would swap all of my intelligence for that. Like trying to act all humble and shit. Like, oh, I'd give it all up if only I could play the guitar. It's like yeah. a humble brag. <laughs> it wasn't even guitar. It was like she's just like, I'm not creative, and I would love to be creative. And an example of this is the guitar that I tried to pick up and I couldn't. And like that's literally what she kept saying. Yeah, it was about creativity as opposed to anything else. She tried to she tried to preach that she was like this really logical person, and then she came into the space and disproved her logic. But it was funny because like after one sentence, she she'd said, "I was like, okay, maybe one ten." And then she said another sentence and I like downgraded 105. And then she said another sentence. And I, I was like, okay, we're narrowing in now, like maybe 103. And then she said some more stuff. And I was like, mm, okay, maybe somewhere between 99 and like 101, something like that. Like <laughs> based on what she said, <laughs> like oh, I was at, calibrating. It really doesn't most. take lots to calibrate. Yeah, at most. Yeah, it's, it's very funny. Um, what was I going to say? Um, oh, damn. Um, yeah, you, you know what they have? Um, so I don't know if you've seen these in the UK, but like uh, if you're a professional in the United States, um, someone will go through like the mailing list or whatever of all of these, say, doctors in a certain state. Right. And they will go through all these mailing lists and mail out mass mailers to like everyone that they can. And they'll say, you're the best doctor in such and such city um you know blah 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 and they'll try to get you to buy a plaque and like a, a magazine insert of some kind <laughs> and um like they're, they're doing exactly what you described they're like fishing for some idiot who, who like they're going to stroke their ego and then get them to pay money to get some kind of award it's very weird a little bit of validation a little bit also a little bit of explaining your problems a little bit of like cold reading like oh you're the kind of person who well, they, they really enjoy company, but also, you know, they kind of like their alone time as well. Like, you know, you get a bit worn out with excessive social stimulation. You also like your own time. Oh, wow, that's me. That's me. That's me. That's totally me. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, well, you, you, you've, suffered oh my from, God. you've suffered from, uh, you know, depression at times. And you felt like a little bit of an outsider, like you couldn't quite fit into certain social groups. And that is because you're so intelligent. <laughs> like, like, so they combine like this this common dysfunction, uh, especially given that this kind of person would maybe take one of these tests, like, what's wrong with me? Maybe I need to find out something about myself. So they take this test like, to, to find out what's wrong. But then obviously the reason is, is the specialness. You are an indigo child. You have, you have part uh, spiritual component. You have landed here on earth to bring the liberation of all beings. The reason you have been socially ostracized is because you're not quite human. You're part angel. And you're a genius. <laughs> you're <just like> this. 
basically, it's like you're getting baited in. It's like, who is this motherfucker who's taking Man, an IQ test online? Like, I'm just trying to hear. I'm just here yeah. trying to eat chicken, and Bruce is choking me out, like, through the fucking toilet. Like, you can't be doing stuff like this, Bruce. I'm no, it's like choking. By the, time, by the time someone has Googled their way to this one particular website with whatever IQ test on page three on Google search, that some, like, little, um, you know, specialized test with this in it, they already know by that point, you're you're just, like, in this to win it, right? You're, you're out to prove that you're a genius. And um, you're going to take this IQ test and you're going to pay the $500 or whatever. You want to know a funny funny thing, Chugs and Sefi? Three people now have messaged me. What do you think my IQ is? Like they're they're feeling insecure based on what I've said. They're like, hang on. Like, because I was saying this stuff deliberately. I was like, yeah, I can work out someone's IQ. I can calibrate really fucking quickly based on like three or four sentences. I've got it down like 95% confidence interval based on that alone. So now they're messaging me. Now I've got them in the spot. I can be like, hmm, well, you know, I'm not going to tell you immediately what your IQ is, but it certainly does explain the way you are. You know what I mean? (laughs) Start, start, Start doing the cold reading. Start making them feel a little bit insecure. And like I can maybe solve their problems. I'm going to offer some reports tonight. Just uh, I'll get to your DMs later. Bruce, you, you, know, should, you should start doing it for like a fee. Be like, oh, yeah, no, I'll like tell your IQ, uh, but like you have to pay me $100 first, genius. <laughs> like something like that. No, the, um, so Bruce, you know, uh, when, when Jimmy the Otter, he shows up and he jumps onto different crypto spaces and, you know, he starts yelling at people and going off the rails. Um, everyone thinks he's a little bit nuts, right? And you know, he's sort of doing it like for the reasons you mentioned. He's kind of got this like vibe some of it's compulsive some of it is whatever but like i could sense like there's some inner genius there because like periodically he'll say some things that like only someone really really uh, intellectual would know so you know that like in the background he and he does it like very extemporaneously very spontaneously whatever um really unscripted and and like yesterday for like <laughs> like three hours he discussed all sorts of like world literature and politicians and his, uh, you know, nuances about Maoism and, you know, every random war that's happened in the last hundred years. And I'm like, holy shit, this guy reads a lot. Like and he's able to remember every author by name and he's able to like talk about the different nuances of the, the, the various characters. And he yeah. comes to these wild conclusions that like you could only have come to if you went down some like substantial rabbit hole. Right. Like you could argue with him. But then it's like he would come up with six million facts to to back up his position type of guy. Right. Like, so, mm-hmm. you know, but you can there's certain things that people say that, like, just nuances here and there. And you're like, wait a minute, this guy's smarter than he's letting on and um, whatever. So until the Bitcoin, Bitcoin actually showed up and set him off. You sound kind well, of fun, Sefi. What's that? Yeah, no, I, was, I told him that I was like, man, I love you, Jimmy. What's up with this? Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So then some Bitcoin maxi showed up in the in the discussion for some reason and he was harassing everyone, saying things like, wait, Antoine, you have Cosmos or something in your bio. Oh, do you own any Bitcoin? Do you understand the nature of, uh, you know, do you understand the, the reason why you have to have hard money? Do you like, you know, he's like interrogating people as if these um, altcoin retards in the spaces are brainwashing all of the people to put their capital in something other than Bitcoin. Um, I'm going to come in here and like, you know, like preach to everybody and make sure Bruce has enough Bitcoin and 
he's he's purchased enough and he put it on his ledger and um and he understands like okay well like the white paper was written by this person this person and that person and you know even before then blockchain was in like he's he's going through this like thing that he learned on the internet and um he's trying to preach to everybody it was the funniest thing like it, it's actually kind of funny when uh, like almost like rank newbies show up and start preaching to you as if you had never heard of anything like this before. It's really yeah, yeah, entertaining. Okay. Yeah, it was a, yesterday was a fun space. I think you would have really, really enjoyed it. Like some mm. of these characters were something else. <laughs> you know, you are Sophie. You're a you're a sapiosexual, a person who is sexually aroused or attracted to intelligence. Like there's something happens in you, like when somebody think, right. turns out to be kind of smarter than you anticipated, or they drop a few nuances or a few caveats or whatever. You're like Jesus. Something happens in your body, man. Like I don't know what happens, but something happens. Some kind of awakening of the Kundalini, an uncoiling of the snake in your spine. You know, progressing up your spinal column, up through your crown chakra, around your macrocosmic orbit, and down into your throat chakra a kind of oscillation, a kind of activation of the spirit. Like, I don't know, it's almost like you're, you're shouting to the universe, take me, Jimmy, take me. I surrender my body, take me. I trust in your divine authority and your certainty. You can lead me. Is this what you call them a slave, like 24-7? <laughs> like, it's just starting to all make sense now. No, I like, I like Jimmy. I, I, I like to think as well that, that Jimmy had a bit of a difficult childhood. And that by finding these spaces, Jimmy can find people he finds both stimulating and playful in the right way to to recreate the childhood he never had and maybe heal him on some level um, and kind of help him help him end or heal that that kind of compulsive tendency to explode uh, rather than rather than just kind of carry on the play. Yeah, he's an interesting character in that he has like kind of lived in various Asian countries like China, different Southeast Asian countries, um, and sort of all over. And uh, I guess he's kind of like one of these um, maybe like migratory loners or whatever. Um, and then he has different um, tech related, I think, I think VC related jobs he does, like maybe he does an online or something. I forgot to ask him like exactly where he works and how he does it i think it's like kind of remote so he just travels and does whatever the fuck he wants so he's like this kind of philosopher type that reads all the time and someone asked him like wait how many like books how much do you read a day And he's like about three hours and that's a pretty good amount of reading per day uh like you you'll acquire a lot of information in your head if you do that every day for um year after year after year like that's Mm -hmm. a that's a lot of time to spend yeah, I know some people like that. I know a guy who um, is fairly normal, but he sits down with history books for like four hours every night. Between like 8 p.m. and 12 p.m., it's like his history window. <laughs> Just reads these yeah, fucking books. He had a nice description of it, too. He's like, wait. See, the thing is, like, if you're playing chess, you sort of know, uh, you, you know where the other guy's positions are. But when you read history, um, you know for sure you don't know all the information and you, you know, it's just one yeah. big like connecting of the dots or whatever. And the get, you never win the game. So this idea that it's like, you're, you're uh, learning about some uh, perspectives and you never win the game is enticing to him. It's like, it's like the unwinnable game. It's almost like a, 
a role-playing game or something like that that just goes on forever. So uh, it, you, you, can, you can essentially, and, and there's no amount of content in the world that would satiate your appetite, essentially, right? So mm. I, I never, I don't know, like there are certain domains like that where I just kind of concluded at a young age, this is endless, but I, at the same time, I can understand that humans are fairly the same uh, psychologically in all places and power structures work kind of the same and, and the drives are the same. And like you can, you know what I mean? Like if you needed to, you could kind of disentangle what happened in, in any one situation. But like it's, it's so endless. There are so many perspectives. Um, th there are so many differences of view, so many biases everywhere that it's just like, I couldn't, I couldn't immerse myself in learning too much because it just feels too endless. Like for the same reason, maybe Jimmy is interested. I'm kind of disinterested. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, you know, people try to, you know, like they try to harass him kind of like, well, he said, well, da da da, da the United States left Afghanistan and someone said, well, do you think it could have been done better? And it's funny, his answer, he's like, no, like, no matter what you did, it was going to be a clusterfuck anyway, who gives a shit? <laughs> so, like, he has a kind of a, an understanding of this idea that, like, mm, there, there's the whole world is sort of out of control. It is, it, it's just like this rolling entropy. So he's not trying to sort of learn history, let's say, because he thinks he can uh, predict the future or, you know, you know, he's not trying to use it to become sort of a history teacher or something like that. He just sees it as a game and that's it. Right. He's not using it to like better his um, like he's not using it, the information to somehow do better at work today or something like that. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah. So, so it's not like he doesn't have that same realization <laughs> that it's all just sort of fucked. Right. Like he just uh, he, he just likes to read it anyway. It's, it's, no, no, I get uh, it. I, I think it's, um, I, I've seen people get very immersed in history for all kinds of reasons. Um, some, some kind of f from an ambitious perspective, others from just a, a, a curious tale perspective, others from more of a chaos perspective, others just have this weird desire for, to know, like to know for its own sake, which is quite interesting as well. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I like all the, the yeah, like some tales. people are kind of like, game show winner type peoples, you know, they, they kind of just know facts for no reason whatsoever. Like they, yep. they like accumulate tons of trivia. Right. I, I like, um, I like interesting stories from the past. Uh, I also like things like when there are kind of myths or parables, there's often deep reality to them. Like the, do you remember the story of the Pied Piper of Hamlin? That, that story was based uh -huh. on a real event in the 1200s. Uh, a man came to a village. I think he, he I don't know if the, the rat catching story was correct, but the man came to a village and started playing the, the flute and a range of children started following him until about 120 children from the, the village followed him and off they went following him wherever uh, and disappeared completely and never came back. And this was a, a horrible wound in the history of the village um, written about by the people at the time, by the people after you know, referred to as the time all the children in the village went missing. Um, it was historically documented in loads and loads of places. This actually happened. And there were theories that this guy led them all into a cave um, and, you know, somehow abandoned them and knew the way out or, or whatever else, like a flooded cave or something, um, all kinds of stories. But it, it, it happened. It was like a weird um, hysteria of a group of children who followed this guy and just trusted him. 
Like it actually happened. There's loads of interesting stuff like that. <laughs> so it's like, it's not so much, uh, it's like more of a brother's grim tale than a parable. It's like a horror story sort of. Yeah, but like there's, there's deep reality like a and a load of things like that, which is fascinating. It's like, how did that happen? And, and uh, there are stories like that, and they seem to happen most with children, which is quite interesting. Like groups of children can become kind of hypnotized or, or brainwashed, or it's almost like they merge into a group, like a kind of a, I, I don't know. You know, when you're a child, you know when you're a child and you play with your friends imaginatively, and it's like everyone in the, the group of children enters the same imaginal world. Like I remember this as a child. I would tell my friends, you know, situations or story or a kind of a, an imaginative landscape of the situation we were in or like the little battle we were fighting or something. And then it was much like everyone in this group of friends would kind of enter that situation and we'd all just assume it together. Do you know what I mean, Sefi? Like this, this kind of shared field of childlike imagination, which is quite interesting. Bruce, would you say like a little bit of, like of a hive mind when it comes to your imagination, like everyone's linked into that one like space mentally? Yeah, I think especially as, as children, but this, this kind of psychological phenomena seems to, to underlie these, these interesting situations like the, the Pied Piper, like a, a real thing. They all just walked off with this guy and never came back. Quite fascinating. Yeah, and, it was, and it's usually in schools like um, when you're sort of like an elementary school age where you had the opportunity to have like more unstructured uh, sort of group learning. And I think um, many times, like uh, like in adult situations, this is less likely to be the case. So it's like in re in the real world, like it's like it's just you don't have the same sort of like um, well, sort of like what Twitter Spaces is. You don't really have that sense in the real world that you know you go to a place where conversations like that happen. I, I remember like. There's a guy that I knew that was um, uh, like a like a v vice president of like Texas Instruments or you know like a sub semiconductor company, and I remember he he said he well he moved from there and he moved to Silicon Valley or like Irvine California or some shit and um, he's like yeah the difference is is that when you go to like the Starbucks or you go to a restaurant or you go anywhere in that region, it's like the level of intellectual conversation. Like, you know, like if you, for example, if you go to like the Stanford campus uh, on Palo at Palo Alto, for example, and you go hang out with people just randomly, it's just such a different sort of like um, sort of level of feedback you get from everybody when you have conversations about anything. Right. So that's the reason why, like a lot of people that go to those cities, they tend not to move out of there if they really like it, because even though it's really expensive and like the rent is a ripoff and all that other shit, like the the vibe you get with the people you hang out with is very, very different than you would get just in your normal, like day-to-day -day yep. existence. Yeah. It's also, it's also why people, when they move into our Twitter spaces, they never leave. They're stuck here forever. The, it's like the new digital home. They're willing to pay the rent of our ridiculous, vulgar human humor and sex talk and cyberbullying and abuse because it's like much like the high rent in Stanford or wherever, it, it's kind of worth the cost of living because of all the benefits you get. You're stuck here forever. You can never leave. <laughs> so that, that's the cost of being here. Then you have to you have to tolerate our fuckery from time to time. That's yeah, that's, 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 I will concede to being trapped. 
that's the landlord's tax. Like I often think that when I'm writing as well, like when I have to write a piece of informational writing or something like, I don't know, like a, I haven't done something lately, but like a, a thread that is uh, meant to be insightful or educational, I will take my own tax. The tax is like, I'm going to take about 20% creative liberties. I'm going to take uh, 20% kind of distortion of the truth <laughs> and fucking around. And it's like, because I'm not going to do it otherwise. So like only by taking this 20% tax, uh, which is my own enjoyment and self-amusement and kind of rhetoric or whatever, am I going to take this, this whole thing? And it's the same in these spaces. Like I'm not just going to sit here and talk about lunk or whatever. I have to fuck around. Like I have to have a level of play and imagination and bullying and, and being a predator and choosing victims in this space and, and kind of feasting upon them socially and kind of bringing myself up to this, this coach kind of cult leader status and self-mythologizing a little bit. You know what I mean, Sefi? Otherwise, otherwise, my ego just isn't going to be happy. Yeah, that makes uh, some sense, I guess. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, that urge to feast upon the people in this space. You experience it too, Sefi. We've spoken at length about this. Uh, you need to feast. I'm going to feast, feast on Xerox ears. He's, he just showed up. Let's see what he has to say. <laughs> hey, Yura. What's up, man? <laughs> hmm. Yeah, next time people are going to show up here and they're going to be like, okay, eat me. And you're like, wait, what? Remember that space that one time you said you were going to feast? And I'll be like, oh, yeah, that time. I wanted to maybe comment on the uh, whole IQ thing. Like, uh, I believe that if we think we are using 10% of our brains, we're really using 100% of our brains to think we're using 10% of our brains. So people who have a more um, focused existence, like uh, autism, and maybe people you might consider dumber, just think about how much harder they're working to have a more limited experience and how much they push you to be more understandable to them and how you have to change how you communicate so that they can understand you. You know, it's not like, a, I don't think IQ is a great measurement, but um, it's just interesting to think that everyone has sort of uh, the same capabilities, but they express it in different ways. What if I just choose to ignore these people and like I don't augment myself to match their reality and I just go, ah, fuck it, I can't, I can't be bothered. Yeah, Carl, you, you don't exist to me now. What, how, how would you justify that then? You can do whatever you want, but um, you might be the, missing out in some the way. Other way. The other way you notice that there's big differences, like that structurally our brain matters. Uh, it's not simply just... Um, it's not simply just like, a, I don't know, an object in your head and you're free to be whatever you want. It's like the moment you see part of the brain damaged, like whether it's a stroke, whether it's like any little thing, like a little bitty amount of damage and you lose a part portion of your reality, then you realize, wait a minute, like <laughs> there is some structural underpinning with what's going on here. I can't just be whatever I want to be. It is constrained to some extent by the, this meat in my head. And, um, you know, there's a reason why, like, the, the bumblebee in the beehive doesn't come up and try to communicate you with higher levels of math or something. It, like, it's not like the bee is just really, really smart. And if only you could understand its buzzing, you would realize it's doing calculus or something like that. No, I'm pretty sure it's not doing any calculus, right? That's the thing. <laughs> like it's, uh, or, or like, you know, dolphins or something like you, you go and you pet the dolphin. You're like, Oh, this dolphin's got a pretty good brain. It's got a pretty good brain size. Maybe these dolphins are trying to rule the world by 
um, you know, like they're calculating under the sea how they're going to take over the humans one day. Yeah, they're much too smart to want to rule the world. Yeah, they're much too smart to want to rule the world. That's why they're staying under the ocean. They're like, these humans are idiots. They're just, you know, watching TV and eating chicken McNuggets or whatever. And Precisely. they're just stupid and they're just hiding under the water. They have a, <laughs> they, they have a much, uh, like, um, you know, they're, they're on the emotional and spiritual plane more than the thought plane that we inhabit, which is, you know, more subtle. So, I mean, I'd say the same of bumblebees, which are more of a mass consciousness of their hives. But, you know, I, I do genu genuinely think that um, there's levels to this shit, man. Oh, yeah. And, and when, when you play against, like, AIs, right, you notice this. Um, like, if you look at the capabilities of, uh, I don't know, AI, like, these machine learning-based um, systems, I don't know, GPT-3 or whatever it is, like, you, you look at what they were like, you know, five years ago, and you look at what they are now, you're like, wait, this is noticeably different, right? This isn't just, well, the system was just playing dumb at that time. Like, no, the improvements that were made to the system and the recursive learning things, they're, they're like definitively different and they're faster and they're becoming more and more capable at, with each sort of revision and kind of like upgrades or whatever you want to call them, right? And it's not just simply, well, you know, the AI is so smart, it just decides not to communicate with humans because it doesn't feel like it, right? Like, so when it, when it comes to a computer version of it, you don't attempt to try to give it magical properties like you would for life. But for living things, it's like you automatically assume because it's biological, there must be some sort of like special mysticism there. And, you know, the there's a glory of the whale and it's just like it's swimming around in the ocean. It's super intellectual. It's actually playing like chess with the other whales or something, you know, like and it's, it's not really clear that they're doing any of those things. Right. That they're it's not really clear how smart they are or are not, I guess. But it's not obvious that they are. No, I kind of like Yuri's way of thinking. I, I'd like to think that there is like a spiritual and emotional level that animals have uh, between themselves that they uh, that only they would recognize, much like how humans and obviously our close descendants, like the apes and all that, have our own way of communicating, like on an emotional and spiritual level. Like I'm, I'm quite enjoying Yuri's, uh, you know, alternative uh, thoughts. The other thing, too, is like if you look at people that are sick, like if you look at people that have been, um, you know, like laying in bed, uh, let's say comatose from some disease and they're, they're on a ventilator or something and um, either delirious or otherwise. And you might think, well, you know, two, three weeks laying in a bed, you know, uh, doing a whole lot of nothing in a relative coma maybe this person is thinking in there and families walk in and start talking to their family members like, you know, like, you know, uh, get well soon. And I think the person's hearing me and all those kinds of things. But the vast majority of the time, like when people wake up, they don't remember a fucking thing and they haven't, they don't remember anybody. They don't know how much time has gone by. They haven't come up with any special fucking calculations. They haven't like designed a business while, you know, like in their coma or whatever. They haven't woken up and said, oh, my God, like I just discovered, you know, like this new calculus or something like I have never witnessed anyone wake up and say, hey, wait a minute. Um, you know, something happened where, um, you know, my brain was doing something like I don't know, like it, it, most of the sort of major things that people figure out um, are, are not necessarily like dreamscape sort of like eureka moments. It's like 
you have to be physically involved somehow and interacting with people or, or making something or writing something. And but it like, does happen. But it does happen, right? Like obviously there's been documented cases of people that have either been knocked out, woken up and that sort of thing. And like, you know, they they've they've gained these new insights or abilities. And I'm not saying obviously everyone's gonna be able to do it by getting knocked that, out. I don't know that anyone got any abilities. I'm just saying like it's not that you couldn't wake up and start thinking again. And I just, I've not seen this somehow or another during the time you were sort of unconscious, like something special over that couple of weeks has happened inside your head. But In fact, it's the other way the... around. Actually, most people, like if you look at critical illness, like um, if people are stuck on a ventilator for extended periods of time, they have, they've been on different drugs, they got sick. There's something called critical illness dementia, where you can like demonstrate that they have lost actually intellect over the, like so the next year like the ceo that went got sick and you know developed pneumonia got stuck in the hospital and was treated with antibiotics and everything they they actually lose intellectual capacity and they notice that they're like functionally less um capable the next year because they used to be able to juggle three or four tasks at a time and now they can only juggle two things like that so i haven't seen anyone become smarter as a result of like those kind of protracted times um like you know if anything all the data and research is really like how many people who go through this are actually losing some cognitive function and are being mistaken for like a new dementia, like Alzheimer's or something. Whereas in fact, what they had was just, they got sick and they lost brain function and never came back. Um, that's much more of a discussion point, like medically than any kind of like serendipitous moments. Like you don't go to like critical care conferences after people have been like, and you meet tons and tons of people. If they're really, really good stories about this sort of thing, people would be publishing them and nobody's really doing anything like that. So I think some of the type of claims people make, some of them may be just fictional claims as well. Like, um, well, I was inspired to do X, Y, and Z because like I, you know, I, I went through this life and death experience. I get that. Like I can understand why that might be motivating to you. But this idea that somehow while you're in a coma, some sort of epiphany happened, um, it just like, it just doesn't make any sense. Like it, it just doesn't happen. So that's why that's the pushback to like, okay, the whales are, are, are dreaming up cyber cities or something or whatever. And they're, they're like hiding Atlantis in the center of the earth or some shit. And uh, they, they have created some special civilization that we're not aware of or whatever. And it's not to say they're not communicating with each other or whatever on some, you know, different, um, just the way dogs are communicating with each other or whatever. But it's not really clear. Like if you can't demonstrate intellect, is it actually there? Like imagine an AI, right? Imagine an AI in a box and you can't communicate with it. You can't talk with it. You can't do anything. It's observing the world. It's talking to itself. It's talking to other copies of itself. The human beings can't actually interact with it. I mean, that's a thing actually where these computers can like rewrite their own programming where you don't even know what they're saying. Like, so are they intelligent or aren't they? Like if you can't- That happened with Google, didn't it? Google had two AIs in the the basement and uh, they started communicating with each other rather than like attacking each other. And like, they got really fucking scared and they turned them off because it was like- They had to turn it off, yeah. Well, it's it's the recursive programming. And so, yeah, like what are they saying to each other? Is it just gibberish or is there's actually intelligence in the background? And, you know, are they conspiring against me and all this sort of thing? Um, But but in that sense, it's not that different than if I look at you and I look you straight in the eye and, and go, wait a minute, is this guy thinking inside his head? Is he sentient? I can't tell just by physically looking at someone. It's only through like the interaction and communication an activity that you fully figure out, wait a minute, is this thing actually uh, sentient or not? And um, I don't know, the, the, the dolphin whale thing has always been kind of fascinating. Um, 
uh, in terms of like what, uh, what level of communication is actually happening there. Hey, Tom, what's up? Hey, what's going on? Uh, I don't want to derail the conversation. I have something that's kind of off topic. Go ahead. We're, we're just talking nonsense. <laughs> so uh, I kind of, I was hoping you might be able to elaborate on something we talked about last night. I don't know if you remember me asking about the IBC um, system with Luna Classic. Uh, I, I just have another question. I wonder if you could elaborate on something for me. Okay. So uh, I'm curious. So if you go to Osmosis and you look at the price of Luna Classic, uh, it's significantly different. I, I don't know if you remember me bringing that up yesterday. Right. I'm, I'm wondering, can you elaborate on so when IBC gets turned back on, will that will the connection between Osmosis and Terra just automatically be working? Yeah. So and we talked about like price and how and they, they have uh, to be activated on both sides. That's what they're working on. Okay. Do you know that that's the plan from both sides? That's the plan as far as I can see it. Yeah. There's nothing suggesting it can't be done, and that is what's happening. I haven't seen an exact date or anything from the guys. So I guess my question is like, you know, because obviously you could take advantage of, of that situation as far as trading back and forth. Um, my question is like, what is that? What is the environment going to look like between those two chains when that happens? Mm, what do you mean? Like, uh, so what you'd be able to do is you'd be able to transfer uh like you buy it on buy Luna Classic now on Osmosis, um in theory. Uh you would then uh or UST for that matter, USTC. You'd buy it and then you'd send it over to Luna Classic when that bridge opens back up, right? IBC. And then when uh then once you've done that, you could theoretically sell it for USDC there if you have an exchange that um you can do that, obviously. And then the other way you could deal with it is like send it to KuCoin or something and sell it there. And you would basically get, so you, you, what's happened is you were able to buy the coin for cheaper now, but there's no guarantee though that the price of the coin won't drop by the time you want to sell it. So if it drops 40%, then you would have missed out. Like you won't get any benefit, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. So I guess my question is, uh, let's assume the prices stay the same and one is, you know, one and a half X the other right now. Um, do you, so do you think that, uh, like, let's assume that the, all the lunk on osmosis is whatever, like one twentieth of what's on Terra, just for argument's sake. So will both prices kind of meet in the middle with one being more weighted than the other, depending on, on the size? Uh, on each chain yeah I, I don't know how much is there but remember a lot of people are going to like forget about this in the first place right so only a fraction of that's going to move so i don't know what fraction of people are going to notice and then you know buy more and then pump that up and then, sell, and then sell it over there but yeah it'll kind of get an equilibrium eventually and um it'll balance out right because as more people buy an osmosis to go sell it elsewhere for the free money then um, the price will sort of go back to normal on osmosis. That's how sort of arbitrage works. Right. Uh, do you, would you have any guess as to how long it would take for the equilibrium to happen? 
Mm, pretty fast, usually. Like, soon as an ARB opens, um, there are literally people that have bots running that are actually monitoring for this type of thing, and it moves pretty fast. So it's not something you'll be able to just log in and go, hey, look, IBC is back open. I'm going to go buy Luna Classic. I mean, you, you might have the price uh, correction happen within minutes, honestly. Right? So there's people that are pros that are doing this in the background. Right. So it would, it would be better to load up now as opposed to just repeat the process once IBC is reopened. Was that Bruce? I tapped out <laughs> yeah. for like one Bruce second. Is, Bruce <laughs> is not happy with this nerd talk right now, Tom. Um, <laughs> Do you want? But yes, you, no, can, no. you can get it early and try it. Try your luck, yes. Time. Give him timings and certainties. Tell him when IBC is going to be open and tell him how much to buy now. Uh, yeah, a million dollars worth now and it's going to open in 46 hours. Uh, set your time. No, I don't, I don't have no, I have no idea. <laughs> so yeah, but that's the principle of it, Tom. Uh, what you don't know is like what's going to happen to prices in between now and when that happens or when it's going to happen. That's Tom, what you need to do is is make friends with the devs, like make really good friends with what's his name, Jacob Gadikan, something Gadikian. How do you? Yeah. Kind of... So that's the insider knowledge. So I'm in the group that's re-enabling this thing. So yeah, make, make when friends it, when it happens. I'll I'll message you. Make friends with the guys who are actually doing it. If you're friends with those devs, the 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 friendships with those devs will pay off more than a million hours of research yourself. It's who you know. It 100% is. Bruce is correct. <laughs> go go lick guys. their asses. Send them dick pics to do whatever you need to do. Just fucking get in their good books. Make friends with them. And how they'll reciprocate will help you and your life more than, than I don't know, years of research. Trust me. I did that. Yeah, it's definitely faster to just make friends with those in the know than it is to try to figure out, well, I'm going to find the next hidden gem or whatever. No, you just need one gem and you just need to know the people making it and have some conversations and you'll get some timings and other things. And you'll have more knowledge than probably like, I don't know, yep. nine, 99% of the people out there because it won't be on YouTube or this and that and the other thing yet. Right. So it's about having the information sooner than everybody else really with these things. Do you know how you win in crypto? You don't win in crypto by looking at charts. You don't win in crypto by having equity in a project the chances of any project working is astronomically low because there are so many fucking projects. Um, the ways you win in crypto are by knowing somebody who has significant inside information that allows you to make trades on that asymmetric information um, at least maybe two or three times a year and therefore making a massive multiplication of your net worth at those specific times. Or it's by being involved in seed rounds, which are often occurring in elite telegram groups of certain what are you thumbs downing zero exists for that's a definite thumbs up it's uh being involved in seed rounds where you invest and there's a, almost a guaranteed 10x by the time it hits the public market uh as happened in the past on terra and many other chains yep that's correct or, or just like start your own uh, ridiculous uh, ponzi project or whatever and uh, that's the other way to accomplish the same thing so uh there's definitely people that do that what anyone who is making a lot of money is doing is they are sitting on top of their money and waiting for the secret information to come. 
Uh, Sefi, you, you know I have a lot of secret information because I have shared some of it with you. Uh, can you confirm this? I can confirm this. In fact, I have saved, I think, so between my wife and I's income, um, like I have saved um, like a substantial amount over the past, oh, I don't know, I guess six months in anticipation of the new things that are coming. So I'm not necessarily like blowing my, uh, all of my money on whatever is out there right now because uh, like a reasonable bet on a modest amount of money with a very high upside um, is generally worth the risk. So like, for example, if I can turn $100,000 into 10 million, um, that's generally worth it, right? Like, so <laughs> that's, that's the idea. Um, so it's like, just save, 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 and then wait until the right thing comes along and then be involved with enough people so that you know what that's going to be. And then just, uh, and I don't even get like, worry about like these fucking discord and telegram, like pump groups and whatever. That's just kind of like, people do that too. Like they go into that, what do they call it? The Reddit wall street bets thing. And, um, that's been kind of successful for people. I think that's part of why Luna classic pumped actually was like a Reddit, you know, pump group or whatever. They're like, okay, we're all going to buy this thing. We're all going to pump it up. The problem with that is though, the, the person most likely to win at something like that is the person who set up the thing in the first place. Cause they will buy the coin even before they put the pump group together and everyone else is sort of like their exit liquidity. So you wind up being that guy um, where you buy too late or whatever, mm -hmm. or there's already a 10 X that's happened. Maybe you can get another 10 X. Maybe. Um, like that's what happened to the AMC thing. Like for example, the AMC theater thing, uh, like I remember, sorry, I was there kind of at the relative beginning of that. I think I bought like the AMC theater stock, um, for like around like $4 and, um, I sold it for like around 20, right. Pretty sizable amount actually. And, um, the, uh, but it went up to like 70 or something, but like, I didn't, I wasn't worried at that point. It's like a five X, like, fuck this. I'm out of here. Like it's AMC stock with the fuck. Right. Like you know, it didn't make any sense. Like the, 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 it's just, it just became this weird meme thing, but like I was able to get it early enough. But if you're buying it when it's like, let's say 50 bucks and you're hoping for it to go to a hundred, you're just a sucker at that point. It makes no, like the risk is high and you're not going to be able to put that much money into it um yeah. at that stage right so like these are the kind of problems so yeah this sort of like um in the crypto space it's definitely the same thing it's like more a function of being in the right place at the right time and who you know i think is ultimately more important in the long run um yeah. it's better for your sanity too quite frankly <laughs> compared to how people act when you know that they grab like you know how it was on terror remember remember when uh, some of those projects launched and they would like 10x after they opened and like because there's it's like illiquid and i remember like some of these like what was tundra's one called it was like um, um nexus protocol remember that so like the thing like 10x like immediately after like it opened like the day after and you know on paper the you know like if you don't look at the market cap and this and that it's like oh look it's only you know three dollars so people buy it or whatever and they, they throw a bunch of money at it and then it goes down to like three cents or five cents or whatever it is. And you're like, oh, whoops. <laughs> and uh, that's the kind of thing that happens if you jump into it after the fact. Whereas the people that got in the seed round, they bought it for like a nickel and they were able to sell it for like 
I don't know, $3 or whatever. Maybe they didn't sell at the top or whatever, but you, you get my drift. Like that's what happens. Yeah. You're saying Tundra's a scammer. Well, maybe no. Well, in that, in that, in that situation, what it was is that they just had no liquidity and it just wasn't launched in a way that was going to like not have that happen. So you could argue, well, was it done by design? Like the developers had no fucking clue what they're doing and they knew this was going to happen. And they're just like, all right, we're going to have this pump. We're going to exit. We're out of here. Um, or what, or did it happen? Um, you know, and I don't think the developers, I don't think they always know exactly how much cash is going to come in, right? How popular it's going to be for sure or not. Um, so sometimes you could argue that maybe it's like, it's intentional. Um, but I think some of it was also just like inexperience with launches. And hey, yeah. They, okay. yeah, go ahead, yours. Um, no, no, Nexus was definitely a scam, man. Tundra was a Nazi, a well-established Nazi. Um, based on his profile picture. Now, did you see what I did there? I just made you think mm. that Tundra was a Nazi because of his profile picture. Now, when you think about that for a second, you start to understand why he sold his board ape. So Tundra sold his board ape, and you know who bought it? That's right, me. I bought Tundra's board ape for 96 ETH. And I do it again a hundred times. I fudded him into being a paper-handed bitch and fumbling his bag. And now I'm going to hold that board ape all the way to the moon. So just watch out. What you do you The other thing I wanted to say I opt him with the Nazi anti-Nazi propaganda fake fuddery uh, or something. That's right. <laughs> okay. Um the other thing I wanted to say was that Chugs, I'm really proud of you man for showing those anterior delts. I did and that looking one good. You, buddy. Did that one just for you. They're looking quite spherical. He took the feedback. Let me zoom in. I'm going to have a look. Let me zoom in on your face. Okay. This is that uh, eating part of the, uh, <laughs> the space. This uh, is the eating part, uh, yes, sir. Yeah, can you tell yes. us about your tattoo chugs? Like, what does it mean, that circle thing? Can you give us uh, all the info you have on it? The grinder. So it's, the world, uh, it's the world serpent. So, you know, the, the snake that eats itself. Uh, with the yin yang in the middle, just to basically signify uh, balance, and that, that's just yeah, what it was. I believe in balance, and yeah, chugs. Here we go. Do you mind Feast if I Bruce. do you mind if I download the photo and put it as my background? You can do whatever you want, Bruce. If, if if it's online, it's fair game, isn't it? What's your um, diet, chugs? Like, what do you do for for macros and stuff, or your type of food you eat when you eat? Like, what's your routine? Uh, wake up, protein shake, uh, give it an hour, have a bowl of chicken and rice, uh, give it another hour, have another protein shake, then just see how I feel throughout the day. If I feel sluggish, I'll have like a protein bar or something like that. But my macros are just protein and carbs. I don't fo- I focus on low fats, low sugars. I don't really count calories because there's no point. It's, yeah, mm. doesn't do much. But yeah. Do you eat within a window of time? or no? I... I <sighs> I usually intermittent fast. I usually don't eat past two unless I've had like a really long day. Like, cause obviously, you know, I rock climb and I go to the gym. So if I'm doing both of them in a day and like, I'm feeling like lightheaded, I'll eat a little bit in the afternoon. But if I'm just doing one or the other, then uh, I tend to just not eat past two. When do you wake up? What's seven or something? About yeah, six to seven, usually give or take. 
Yeah, trying to fall off a mountain or some shit from not having enough carbohydrates in you, I suppose. But I mean, I usually mix, uh, do you know what cream of rice is? I usually put that in with a protein shake just to give myself like an extra carb dose because it's, it's complex carbs, so it does, does do well. Yeah. Would you say the, the pain is worth the gain? Yeah, 110%. Like, can, like I, I 100% would, yeah. I, I, I enjoy how I look now. I enjoy how I feel. Like, I enjoy the extra strength I've got. Why? Yeah, it's definitely worth the pain. Chugs, how long did it take you to progress to the state that you are now with your body? Uh, right. So I've, I've gone through different phases. Uh, I was quite overweight two years ago. Decided to do a massive fast sesh where I would only eat one meal a day. Uh, it started off with actually I, I fasted for six days, no food, uh, just green tea and water. Uh, obviously, just to get my metabolic rate up. Uh, after that six days, I'd lost a fair amount of weight actually, probably too much weight. And then I just started eating one meal a day uh, for a couple of months. So this was two years ago. Uh, a completely flat stomach. About I think. Uh, 11 months ago I uh, just maintained the flat stomach for a bit and then the last 16 weeks I've just decided to shred completely and uh, obviously gain more muscle so I'd say the last 6 months from a flat stomach is probably been my most progress so no, I, I remember I showed uh, I was on a Twitter space one time at my friend's house and I showed him like a picture of the people in here and he saw you and he's like oh dude He's like, I could get a body like that guy in two months. And my friend's like 155 no, he, pounds. He can, and... he can if he takes steroids. Like, let him. Like... Yeah, I know. That's, that's what I mean. I'm, he's, he's like 155 pounds. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, my friend probably has like fucking 20 pounds of muscle. You can't just get that in two months. Like, fucking. I was gonna, actually, Bruce, this uh, post you made up top. Um... I'm going to read one of these out um, for um, fun. It's quite fun. Like, I think it's a good piece of writing. I like it. Yeah. So here's, all right. So, all right. Here's this uh, post. Um, I did IKEA research as a grad student involved a lot of this stuff. Did you know that most people, 95% plus with less than 90 IQ, 95% plus number of people with less than 90 IQ can't understand conditional hypotheticals. For example, how would you have felt yesterday evening if you hadn't eaten breakfast or lunch? What do you mean? I did eat breakfast and lunch. Yes, but if you had not, how, how would you have felt? Wait, what are you, why are you saying that I didn't eat breakfast? I just told you that I did. Imagine that you hadn't eaten it, though. How would you have felt? I don't understand the question. <laughs> so like, that's that's uh, exactly the type of thing and i think it's funny because like when bruce like don't you think like the someone when when you ask someone a question like that right and they give you certain responses you're like wait a minute like it's obvious there's something wrong with this individual it's almost like they have a type of brain damage is how it feels to me when i have to have conversations like that i'm like okay we're moving on because we're obviously not going to Mm. Like, you're not going to understand what I'm saying, right? Like, wow, you speak for yourself, Sefi. I like, I see everyone as God's children, and I think everyone is deserving of love. And even if you can't connect with them on this level of abstract and conditional reasoning, then you can connect. You can connect on different levels, like maybe um, warm. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying you can't connect, but like, if I if I answered you in that way, you would know I had brain damage. No, I wouldn't judge. My point. 
I'm not that kind. <laughs> it's not a question of judgment. It would, I would be verifiable. I would find other ways of, of enjoying you, like bending you over and enjoying your body. In all fairness, Effie, it did say 95%. So there are people that are, uh, you know, impervious to that statement, like in terms of like they have a higher IQ and they still can't manage it. Well, the, the conditional hypothetical is just this one weakness. So what happens is like there will be a, a whole list of those things that, um, mm. you know, some of which, you know, once you're below a certain level, you'll miss those capabilities. Um, this so. is very insulting to the entire lunk community. So I prefer it if you stop. Also, this is all women. So no woman has any comprehension of conditional hypotheticals. Um, they, they see life entirely subjectively from their own perspective at this moment in time. Uh, you know, yeah, some, someone made a great point to me, Bruce, about that. Actually, it was, um, it was something like, wait, um, how often does a woman pull out a tape measure or a ruler and measure something? Like, for example, let's say you're hanging up a painting, right? I've got a fucking like auto leveling laser level that I whoop out. And I'm like, okay, I got to put these two nails up. I've got to get this thing flat. I own this. I own an actual laser level to do this, right? And I can actually how, just go, how much did boop, I boop. cost you? Because I've been looking at getting one myself. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Who cares, Chuck? They're they're expensive. I the can. point is, like, I my can. wife I will never one. go out and buy a laser level. Nor is she going to measure shit. Nor is she going to say, "Wait a minute, I need a bubble level to do this." Uh, in fact, if you just like, it was funny because like my wife uh, had me pull out a measuring tape to measure something more recently, and I'm like, "Wait, this is the first time." In our entire lives, you had me get out a measuring tape. Whereas I own an entire tool shed. Like, I mean, my garage has an entire like 18 foot wall loaded with tools and shit that I can build stuff with. <laughs> I'm like, all this time, the first thing you asked me for, the first time you had me measure something for uh, some hanging up some flowers or something. And um, I was like, wow, this is interesting. Like, yeah, it, it's like, like women generally like that I know in all arenas like i've never seen anyone measure anything almost which yeah. is an interesting thing yeah and and like so just to to follow on something related to the conditional hypotheticals they cannot understand uh women have no capacity to put themselves in your position at all like there's no capacity for uh kind of projected empathy or understanding of your i'll give you an example Seppi, do you remember that story i told when i was asleep and I rolled onto the girl's arm and she scratched me. Do you remember that story? I think I, I told it to you. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, maybe tell it again. Maybe the, the crowd uh, here might enjoy it. I don't want to go into in depth, but like okay. I, um, asleep in bed with a girl. And during my sleep, I rolled over onto her arm and she was like, ow, my arm. And I, I woke up and I said, I was like, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to, to roll on you. And she wouldn't ex like she had no she had no um comprehension that i could have done it in my sleep without intending to because it caused her pain she thought there must have been an intention i kept explaining again and again that i was asleep i was asleep therefore i was unconscious therefore when i rolled onto you it was not deliberate at all but she could never understand this um another example uh, when I had COVID last with my, my last girlfriend, um, I didn't speak to her except like texting for, I think, about six days or something. 
because I had this really high fever. I was sweating. I was like vomiting and and whatever. Um, I was really unwell. Like I was just in a hotel kind of because I couldn't leave. Uh, I'm sweating it out for six days. When I met her after COVID, after I was better, she um, was really mad because I hadn't been in touch with her for that period. She was like, where have you been? Uh, why didn't you ring me? Da, 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 da. I was like, I had COVID. She wouldn't accept it. She, she had no capacity to understand that um, when you are unwell, you naturally just want to socialize less and do less things. Um, you want to, to have some peace to yourself to recover or whatever. From her perspective, it was felt like a lack of love, a lack of attention, a lack of um, liking her. Her whole world was falling apart as um, my lack of, of focus and attention and love of her or whatever was put into question. Um, and she couldn't understand that from my perspective, I was simply experiencing an illness. Um, from her perspective, her whole world was falling apart. Um, everything was in question. When she met up with me that time, she was like ready to end everything <laughs> because of COVID. And um, I've had the, the same experience again and again. Um, I have a friend who was going through uh, grief for one of his parents. I'll, 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 there's another, yeah, I'll, I have an example after yours too. I'll, I'll give you that one. Yeah. Like, remind I, me. I had friends who've gone through grief for their like parents passing away or something. And a girl has taken that as a rejection of her. It's like countless. There's no, girls have no capacity to enter your position, your subjective sense of consciousness. Um, if you move away from them and you're unoccupied, you're occupied with work or, or illness or anything, or even grief, they will interpret that as um, them feeling unwanted. Yeah, like, so ch ch check this out. So, um, so here I am. So I've got my usual work, you know, I do my medical work and everything. And I've, I've I do that. And then like, you know, if I have time in the afternoon or you know, weekend or something like that, kick back. And I used to play some video games and stuff like that. And, you know, like waste some time with the kids and this sort of thing. Right. And so the judgmental part is like, wait a minute, like, why are you sitting here um, wasting time playing video games? Why are you um, doing X, Y, and Z? You should be doing such and such and such. Look at those people over there. They're even more rich than we are or something like that. You know, like, why, why aren't you investing in real estate or why aren't you researching more stocks or whatever the fuck, right? Like, it's just very funny. Um, and I'm like, wait, what? Like, okay. So that sort of like nagging led to me sort of starting some, you know, big business venture and whatever. And, um, and, you know, we had to put like quite a bit of money into it and, you know, ultimately, you know, design buildings and this and that and the other thing. And all of that, of course, is like a multi-year adventure that resulted from like uh, maybe being nagged a bit about like, well, it's, you're, it's, it's, you're, not, you're not fulfilling the full dream of your life. You're not doing X, Y, and Z, and therefore we need to be doing this. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, like we don't want to look like a failure in front of uh, wifey here. So like, let's do these things. So, um, so you get, to, you build these things and you create cool stuff and, you know, we enjoy it and everything, but like, but then when it comes to things like, wait, um, you have to spend a lot of time in meetings. You have to like, make sure you, you know, you get your team to do this to that. And the other thing, or you have you know, some accounting issues you have to iron out and you have to do this, that, you know, you have to set up some stuff on the computers and whatever. Right. 
um, or a problem happens and you have to like interrupt whatever you're doing, right? Like if you own a business, Bruce, it's like pretty much a 24 seven thing. It's like, there's no such thing as a vacation, right? So it doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing, there's something. So afterwards she's like, wait, maybe I should have just let you fucking play video games. <laughs> like, why are you doing all this shit? I'm like, you made me do all this shit. You told me it was not a good idea to just sit around and you know, goof off and play video games. And I'm like, why did you want to do this? Why did you want to spend so much money? And why do you want to build this, that, and the other thing? If like you didn't want to have the life of that, right? So at the time of making the wish, it was like, there was no concept of, well, there's this amount of work involved. There's this amount per day. There are certain stressors and whatnot you have to deal with owning a business, blah, 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 right? And that was in a situation where like life was already sort of like perfect. We both had like literally physician jobs. Like there's no, there's no reason for us to go, you know, start a business specifically just because, right? It's not necessary. It was just one of those things. It's like, well, we have more time on our hands. Let's go do this, that, and the other thing. Um, and maybe it's like part of its status, like, okay, well, you know, oh, so-and-so did this, this, and this. And like, well, you know, we're going to look uh, not as impressive in society or something like that. Women measure the weirdest fucking shit. And like, you didn't give a flying fuck until like, these kind of things happen. And, but when the time comes, it's like, she can't put yourself into your shoes that you're doing all this work. And it's not like she says, well, okay, you know what? I'm going to help out with the work. I'm going to help out with like, you know, this accounting, I'm going to take care of X, Y, and Z. No, it's like zero concept of like, you know, like, uh, supporting the endeavor or something like that. It was only a function of like, well, it was not that different than owning like a new purse or something, except like if you own a new purse, you don't have to do anything. You just put it in a closet and uh, let it sit there, right? Like, so it, it's uh, like, yeah, I've noticed that kind of rings true to me, at least in my particular situation. It's very funny. How, hey, Katie, what's up? Um, hi, you triggered me, Steffi, earlier, so I left, but now I'm back because I want to yell at you. Wait, what did I trigger you for? How do you not know a woman who's ever measured anything? Like, have you never been around, like, a housewife who, like, scrapbooks or, like, quilts or, mm -hmm. like, yeah, like, there are plenty of things that we measure. Like, if we are feeling a little fat, we'll, like, measure our waists to, like, make sure that we're, like, doing okay. I don't In know, his like, defense, Katie, he said tape measure. He didn't say measure. Well, it's not to say that there's zero chance anyone measures anything. I think the odds are that a guy is going to measure a lot more shit than a no, woman. No, you said a, you've never seen a woman. You can't go back on your word now, Steffi. Hello. Hey, you've never. Oh, gosh, he's parsing my words now. Stop it, Katie. <laughs> you know what I meant. <laughs> no, I think you're a misogynistic, rude person. And you're I'm probably right. And I'm deeply upset right now. <sighs> I apologize, Katie, for being a misogynist. You can Not measure whatever quilts you want. I'm gonna make five TikToks where I'm just where I'm just measuring things, <laughs> and I'll show you. I'll show you how I show me. I'm gonna use a bubble, whatever the hell you said, to like hang a picture on the wall, and I'm just gonna look really angry in all the videos. Um, but that'll that'll prove my point. So you're gonna go to Home Depot or to whatever, and you're gonna buy like a set of tools now. I have a tool set actually. I got it from Ikea when I was 19 and I had my own apartment and I had to like put some shit together. So like I'm already like way ahead of you actually. Um, <laughs> I have put together a few pieces of furniture actually. I'm kind You're going to upset Bruce a lot if you tell him all this though. You know that right? If I tell him what? That you, you're not a fairy princess. You have 
toolboxes and other bullshit. He's um, going to be very princesses, upset. Fairy princesses, like, it's their job to, like, nest and, like, create things. And, like, that is, like, a very feminine thing, actually. I feel like most, like, designers and whatever, like, um, I can't even think of the word right now. I'm, like, driving in traffic and I would just went brain dead. Um, you know, like, people who design homes, whatever. Like, those are usually women or gay men and they're all using tape measures. I'm imagining Bruce right now like a kettle Seffy and he's just slowly boiling and boiling and boiling. Down there giving the big thumbs up. He's like, oh, he's judging Bruce and Seffy. They're judging women again. This is what's going on. You are two absolute misogynistic wankers. And like, I'm honestly so offended right now. Katie, you only need to measure like three or four things to get a hang of it. And then you should be able to intuit the length or weight of any object. Wait, what did you just say? You only need to measure a few things to get a hang for it, you know? You don't need to measure everything. And then you'll be able to use your feminine intuition to, to like, know. Okay, yes. Um, I'll remember that. Thank you, Yura. You're welcome. I can tell exactly how tall someone is based on the size of their hands and the ratio uh, between their forearm length and the rest of their arm. I can calculate their height. Um, it's very simple. And that's how I've calculated many famous celebrities and anonymous characters and crypto's uh, height based on photos of their hands. Me and, For example, uh, me and Nears have had a lot of fun with this. There have been numerous people who have posted pictures of themselves and claimed certain heights, and me and Ears have worked out their true height. Um, do you know the guy called Terranaut Sefi? He's, uh, he was a member of GC Capital, posted a lot of graphs and stuff. He's now called like T-Nut or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, anyway, he, he posted a range of different uh, photos of his full-length body and his iPhone uh, with his hands and stuff. And me and Xerox is set out to accurately, because Xerox is, is, a, is an engineer, we, we set out to assess the, the angle of the photo being taken, the distance, um, the, the specific kind of iPhone used, and the relationship with his hand and his torso and his entire body. And also we looked at, we looked up the specific type of chair and worked out the exact size of it, the exact width of it and the projection of it behind him, like one meter behind him. And given the angle of the photo, we managed to work out his exact height as five foot five point five, and then we asked him, "What is your height?" And he claimed five foot ten. So, like, we're we're developing this kind of ongoing assessment of height frauding within crypto Twitter, whereby we use real evidence and real data and analysis to work out their true height within a ninety-five percent confidence interval. With him, we can say he's definitely ninety-five percent chance of being within five three point five and five, uh, 7.5, chances are he's around 5, 5.5 if we round up 5 for 6. Um, and then what we do is we take that data, that analytical data based on the size of objects, which we can verify quite easily, um, and we can also verify the angle of the shot and everything else. We take that data, and then we confront them. We don't say we have his height, but we ask him uh, very informally and pleasantly and nicely, courteously, what is your height? And, and we compare the data. And the biggest height frauds um, by disparity will be the ones who are left out of our future seed rounds. They will be the ones who are left out. Anyone who frauds 
and is not honest about this kind of thing online will be the ones who are left in the dirt, left in the dust the next bull run. We hate dishonest people, and that's why we set out to do this. Exactly. How, how can you trust the man to take part in your seed round to add value um, if he can't even tell you the truth about his own height? Something that doesn't even matter in Web3. In Web3, it doesn't matter what your height is, what your skin color is, no. if you're Arab, if you're a mouse. It you doesn't can be matter. I, I'm, uh, I admit, like, if anyone's asked me, I'll say I'm six inches tall or whatever, because it just doesn't matter. I can beat anyone here. It's a height fraud. When when nobody cares is just like the the lowest of the low. And one and- time one time ears, uh, I remember he uh, recalled a story where he used a drone and he was he was trying to assess the caliber of an individual for a job, and he followed the individual to a grocery store to see uh, if he this person would put their cart away at the grocery store. Uh, you know, and, uh, this person failed to put the grocery shopping cart back where it belongs, uh, and was not allowed to enter this, uh, like construction job or whatever. Cause obviously he can't, he can't manage his shit. He can't put his stuff away. Uh, what kind of job site is he going to run in this construction site? Right. Mm. All these yeah, calculations, especially, um, the height stuff that needs to be put on the blockchain. Yeah. That's what the blockchain's for, for recording the truth. Well, if any of you want to join, then DM me. We've got we've got a Telegram height analysis chat where where me and Xerox is and some other people who I don't know. Like I've always liked doing this kind of detective work, figuring something out. Like as soon as something is like, hmm, like as soon as I see a picture uh, and there are clear there are clear bits of data that can easily. Um, add to the total picture and and be used to work out their actual height i just can't help but solve it for me like i look around life i look around twitter and i see mathematical problems and i autistically want to solve all of them i think like i see a picture of a guy holding up an iphone taking a selfie of himself i see that as a bit of homework to complete and i think the most pleasure in life i've ever had was sitting around with my little friends um you know, doing our homework together and helping each other and sharing answers and stuff like that. So I tried to recreate that now in Telegram um, with our height analysis chat. Um, and I think it's going good. What do you think, Sirius, is? I think we're having um, a good time. We've worked out new methods. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, we weeded out we weeded out a lot of liars. And uh, that was the main the main point, really, is just, just to see who is a, fundamentally a liar. Uh, and by the way, if you are a liar, it's not something you can change. It's something baked into your DNA. There's actually a gene that, that determines uh, if you're a liar or not. I, uh, I was very upset that Addy was taller than me, by the way. Wait, Zero X, so if I send you my forearm and my hand, you'll be able to know how tall I am? I want to no. test this. You take, a, you take a full-length naked picture with your iPhone, and you tell <laughs> a model of your iPhone, and we'll be able to tell you how tall you are. Um, and then we'll okay. be able to tell you the size of it. If I, if I would I'll work on that. Uh, Aston, what were you saying? I said, if I were to send you my nudes, would you be able to tell how tall I am? Aston, you're very strange. Yeah. You're a freak, and you shouldn't be here, and you know you shouldn't be here. Why have you come what, back? What, what are you talking about? You're a freak business. I just asked a normal question. What the fuck? So, Aston, uh, yeah, if you send um, uh, Katie your uh, images, she can determine. 
uh, the oh, size wait, of your iPhone. I thought I was sending it to Bruce. Katie. No, no, you're sending it to me, Aston. You're she can she can oh. determine the size of your iPhone. Do you use those little ones? Do you use like the little uh, baby iPhones? Do you use the Max ones? You know, I got the big two inches, screen? baby. That's all I fucking got. Take the two inch iPhone. Yes, sir. Yes, the sir. iPhone mini mini. No, yeah. dude, the iPhone micro. What are you talking about? Let's do a little um, test. Let's do a little test. Let's test people in this. Sefi, um, based on, can everyone mute themselves, please? They're being very intrusive and rude by not muting yourself. Thank you. Thank you, dear children. Um, Sefi, here's a little test for you. Based on Chugs's earphones, how tall do you think he is? Based can on I just get in there? I've actually got a bigger head than like, I've actually got a big head. So just just giving you a, a heads up there. You're, not, you're giving me a heads up about your head. Up to um, him, we it. can tell. No, he's biasing it. Look at the raw picture and try and work it out based on the machine in the background, based on um, his headphones, based on everything else. Um, yeah, maybe like. Uh, I don't know, like, let's say five, six, five, seven. Yeah. Yep. 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 Is that about right? Why not larger? Why not like it's tiny man? Um, either that or those are big ass headphones. Um, (laughs) 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 I don't know how big they get. I mean, that like that seems kind of large. The easiest way, the easiest way to height guess Chugs would be to ask him his weight. I think it's like sixty nine kilograms, which is like one hundred and fifty five pounds or so. So he's five foot eight. And then, like whatever he says, um, there there has been some very interesting studies on um, height in the past. So everyone, everyone knows, Aston, calm down. Everyone knows that. Every male exaggerates his height, but not many people know how much by. There was a very interesting study I read a long time ago, Seppi, where they had people turn up week one and do some kind of survey. And included in the survey was a self-assessment of their height. They had to write down how tall they are. How, it just asked, like, how, what's your weight? How tall are you? Men wrote it down. They came back the next week, and there was surprise measured. <laughs> and then they compared the surprise measurement with the written down height the previous week. And the average exaggeration of height um, was 1.6 inches for all men. So you then, then have a ballpark of like, okay, so all men exaggerate by about that. And potentially online, it's even more. But whatever Chuck Is it because they're measuring with their shoes on and like stretching their neck really tall or no, some shit? It, it, it's, every guy exaggerates. It's just they do. Um, so whatever Chuck says, just deduct 1.6 or maybe more um, to get his real height. We'll keep it Which- 1.6. You know what? That that makes sense. Why guys tend to measure a lot of shit, though, right? Because if the assumption is is that you're just fucking faking it, so in the real world you're like, wait a minute, I don't believe this is this length. I need to go and measure it, right? So maybe that has to do with. It. Hey, stop with your analysis, Sophie. Just like, what's his height? Guess. Uh, Chugs, I think five, seven, maybe five. Yeah, maybe. Not sure. Now, bear in mind, I've been measured with my shoes on and my shoes off in an office uh, because where I'm from, everyone's six foot and I'm not six foot. So uh, they wanted to know how my actual height was and why I'm not as tall as them. It was quite a northern mentality. So I can give you my exact height if you really want. Obviously, to the inch, not to like the, the you know point, whatever bullshit. Remember, whatever he says, deduct 1.6 inches because that's the average exaggeration. 
Do you think people under no, six foot so exaggerate so more than people over six foot? Definitely. No, I think no. anyone close to six foot and isn't six foot or yeah, well, yeah, I, I think anyone close to six foot will say they're six foot or they'll say this. If someone's just about six foot, they'll go, I'm six, two, six, three, uh, for whatever reason. I don't know. And that, that's my experience with people. Well, you're wrong. I've always, I've always, I've always downgraded my height because it's funny as fuck. So let me tell you some things I do, Sefi. Um, so the, the first thing I do is, um, Whenever I meet uh, a girl for a date, like in the past, like all the dates I've gone and stuff, and they ask me how tall I am, I will vary it. So I tell girls, I, I've told girls in the past, I am between five foot five and six foot two. Uh, in reality, I'm like uh, five eleven and a half. In reality, but I've told girls that I'm five foot five up to about like I think I said six foot two and a half at some point. And the wait, reason- wait, wait, you said this range, like you told a person I'm this range, or you told no. different people different things. No, like I meet one girl and I say I'm five foot five. I meet the okay. next okay. foot two. And the thing is, I just want to find out like are they going to call me out on it? And and uh, especially when like I meet a girl who's uh, fairly small. And she says she's like five foot five or something. And I say I'm five foot five, but I'm clearly looking down at her, right? I'm standing next to her, looking down at her, staring over her head. At that point, I say I'm five foot five. You know, the responses I've got have just been fucking insane, man. I haven't had a single that's, girl. <laughs> that's I haven't had stop, admitting, stop admitting that you've dated retarded girls. Also, Do Sophie, not, I would girls like to don't say, have any, hold on. I'm don't speaking. make me mute you. Okay. Sefi, I would like to say now that I've calmed down and my blood pressure has gone back to a normal rate, I'm sorry for calling you a wanker and I'm not mad at you and I forgive you. That's all. Oh, I love you too, Katie. Anyway, um, the I've never had a single girl uh, disagree. They've all accepted it. Um, the girl who was five foot five, when I said I was five foot five too, she was like, oh, that's my height too. And she was just like happy about it. And like, wow, we're the same oh height. Oh my God. Oh. And then, and then we just like went on a date and that was it. Like it was never brought up again. She was just happy. Um, and I was like, as I was telling her, I was looking over her head. Like she was clearly like eye level with my chin. That's the weirdest thing. Like, and, and another girl, I told her I was like six foot two and she was, um, I think she was like five foot 10, like not too far from me. And she believed that as well. Uh, Were they blonde or Spanish? The other, the other funny thing. So I've messed with this for a long time because I think it's like funny how girls see dimensions. They just don't. You can say anything. Um, and, and also, you can do the same with your penis. You can say you have an 80-inch penis or something, and a girl won't know, even if it's like four inches. She just won't know at all. Because if she believes it, then it, she'll see it that way. It's all through her emotions. Um, the, the second funny thing I do is, if I'm in a crowd of uh, guys and girls, like friends or something, and somebody mentions height, like a girl asks how tall I am, I will downgrade, downgrade my own height by about three inches. So like, I will say I'm about 5'8", or something like that. Like, girl asks, and I say loudly I'm 5'8". And then what happens is, is all the other guys who uh, have, up, who have like, exaggerated the height, like every 5'10 guy says they about, said they're about 6 foot or something like that, right? Um, but suddenly, the guy who claims to be 6 foot is actually 5'10". And despite being, like, 5'11 and a half, I have claimed to be 5'8". So I'm clearly taller than him. So if the girl asks him a question, what is your height? He is suddenly fucked (laughs) because, because like he can never be honest because if he's (laughs) six foot, she'll be saying like, hang on a minute. 
why is that guy who's 5'8", you know, why is Bruce taller than you? You must be lying. And there's no way out of it because the ultimate uh, little gambit I have is if they ever start to challenge what I'm saying, I will say, okay, then let's measure you. And I will produce a tape measure or I will ask someone for a tape measure and we can measure them. And they will never be able to be measured because if they are measured, everyone will find out that they're actually like, I don't know, 5'9 or 5'10 rather than six foot. So there's an interesting conspiracy among all men, an unspoken kind of agreement between all men. Everyone has to exaggerate by two inches. Otherwise, the whole code between men falls apart, right? If, if I'm not, uh, say, six foot or this sounds one, like This sounds like the articles in, I don't know, there used to be this magazine called like Cosmopolitan. And uh, like, it's like a women's magazine thing. And they always used to like, uh, I remember uh, girls showing up and saying, look what Cosmo said. It said, this, said that. And, like, this okay. sounds like one of those like Cosmo articles about guys or girls. There are, there are loads of these um, unspoken kind of rules. One of them is the rule of universal height exaggeration. Every man must agree to exaggerate their own height by, by like... Yeah, so, so, dude, I'm not part of that because I, I literally practiced as 100% honesty in my life. So, I, I, yeah, sorry, Bruce, I'm not, I'm not part of this, uh, this clique. Sorry to say. On stories that never happened by Bruce, baby. Well, hang on. No, don't start on Bruce. Bruce knows what he's doing. He's, what are we doing, Aston? These are all now story. And and like the, the invitation is that you can try it yourself. Like you can if you go on a new date, uh just vary your height and see what happens. They will just believe it. I'll it's be right five two. I've been is, doing a few calculations sh- here, Chugs. Just one or two small calculations. Um, I think I'm building up a confidence interval for where your height lies. Um, bizarrely, I think you're actually over six foot. Definitely not six foot. I'm not six foot. So, I can tell you that now. Hang on. Wait, what model of headphones are you wearing? Uh, they're called SoundCloud. Uh, give me two ticks and I'll tell you the exact brand. Uh, uh-oh, SoundCore ah. Life Q35. Okay. Okay. Okay, this makes a lot of sense because I was looking at exactly the same kind and style of headphones, except they were probably about 50% uh, larger. So I thought that that was about 50% larger than the actual headphones you're wearing. Hang on, let me just run this again. Dude, you're five foot eight, five foot nine, Chugs. Am I right? I can't say if you're right until uh, OX has said anything because it's up, it's up to OX to make his calculate. Otherwise, I'm just ruining his math. Why would I want to ruin his day? Trevor, were you trying to say something while yours is calculating his shit? Yeah, is there actually a point where you're so short as a man that it's a disability? <laughs> no. <laughs> it can only be a challenge. Like, but it, it can only be, be a challenge. It could be a disability if you can't do things that everybody else can't do. Like, what is the definition of a disability? Like, if you're so you, can short, you can't do, open like the doorknob or something, or you can also do a lot of stuff that taller people can't do. You can't reach a gas pedal, right? Okay, no, that's just that's just you, mean. You can add well, you can add like a little prosthetic or like a, a yeah. maybe tie a brick to the gas pedal or something. <laughs> You'll be okay. I don't think, I don't think a brick is a smart idea, man. But you know, or something, right? Out. Yeah, you'll I mean, find you something. Seth, you can master the use of stilts. Like you know, you're sitting in the car, like learn yeah. how to use stilts, like properly. Like stilts, oh, it's almost like chopsticks for your feet, right? Yeah, or like a little custom mod for the accelerator and the mm. brake or something. I know, I know people that wear the um, 
Uh, what is it called, dude? The uh, the insoles, you know, you know, for the shoes that increases height and shit like that, you know. And uh, yeah, dude, it's interesting. You know, there's a, there's a lot of people that that. that... Oh. So that. Sorry, what were you saying, Trevor? Okay, um, we've got a bit of a problem here because the model I was using to calculate Terranor's height has overestimated his height dramatically. Um, so I, I thought he was five foot five. But it looks like I found an error here. He's more like um, a good four to five inches shorter. Because I think you're probably like five foot eight, Chugs. So that makes Terra not like five foot. Can uh, should we maybe post the photo of, of uh, Terranaut that we're talking about um, so everyone can objectively assess his height themselves? So wait, uh, Bruce, say, you... X, you are right. I'm five for eight. I was right. Well, you gave two answers, so you didn't commit to one, whereas OX committed uh, to one answer. But OX was right. Yep. Not oh, ballpark. My guess, too. I find it interesting that uh, Aston still doesn't believe any of Bruce's stories, which is very No, funny. no, no. I believe him. I believe him. I'm just fucking with him, dude. Bruce, Bruce, Bruce gets butthurt about me for some reason, which is fine. Uh, I, I was just, uh, I, I was actually just, just uh, do, doing my grid bots. What happened? I don't know, dude. You, you got mad at Aston. We, uh, we calculated Chug's height. But we discovered an error in the model that we used to te- to to uh, calculate Terranaut's height. So I actually overestimated Terranaut's height by four inches. So he's actually more like f- uh, five foot one. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think people who are obsessed with height online are losers. You know what I mean? Like anyone who talks about height on the internet is a fucking loser. You fucking brought it up, Bruce. You can't <laughs> say that and then come out with that. Come on, man. <laughs> I think I believe in a world where we all come online and we drop whatever our real identities are. We enter this new playground of freedom where we can become anyone we want to be, any any age, any gender, any role, any stance, any identity, anything we like. It's like a kind of MMO, MMO RPG game or whatever. I haven't played those games, but like you can become any identity and go on any number of, of quests online. You know, you can start a business, you can talk to your friends in spaces, you can do whatever you like. Um, you're you're free, and to to bring up or maybe question somebody's age, like to ask Sefi how old he is, or to maybe for somebody to start to interrogate Chugs as to what his height is. I think that's like one of the highest uglinesses to to try and enforce the reality um, of, of the physical meat vessel realm upon this place of freedom is one of the ugliest things. And I, I hate the fact that you've all done this. Please do not do it again. <laughs> I love you, Bruce. Uh, are you done fucking with me? Because I want to go to bed. No, I'm not done. Hey, I still got the nudes to send over to you, Chuck. He's gobbled you oh, up. I, I don't want to see your nudes. So send yeah, them to Natalie. Swans Aston's nudes immediately. No, so send them to Natalie down in the listener panel. Like, uh, she, you, she wants to Why are you nudes. throwing it to, to, to other people, man? I don't know. I'm, I'm calling She's a blossom, bro. She just, she just wants you to join her blossom crew. So send them over and it'll be like your application. You guys are trying to get me in trouble. Is that is that what this is? Um, I thought you boys could rape me. You know, but nah, nah. What a world we live in. You know, Look, you know, just the, the meat the, vessel regulation rules onto the. You know, just the, the Tash giving you the hearts. Tash is giving you the hearts, but she wants the nudes. Send them. She definitely wants the nudes. Oh my god. Dude. We all know her. She's the one who always loves to receive them. Yeah, it's a very clinical thing for Nat. 
she's she has a very uh scientific mind she's been documenting uh <laughs> the the internet of dick pics right yeah in terms of like graph <laughs> the idp i'm it, sure you you've heard of it the, uh, yeah definitely yeah yeah yeah, yeah. make the graph of who sends who each other's nudes um <laughs> nat is considered a sink like it all ends up at nat basically right, so right, you can right. just short circuit it she also needs to know what wallet uh, theme you use on Terra Station because uh, she correlates <laughs> the people's sizes with the wallet, uh, obviously type. Whereas, like, I, I'm Madness. So I don't know what Sefi is. Uh, okay. Sefi, what, what's your uh, theme on the Terra Station? Me? No, no, Sefi. Sefi. Theme on what do you mean? The, the oh, color? You can, yeah, you can pick the color scheme. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, it's like a purple or something. So you're madness like me, which is why we're like the largest on that. Uh, but then obviously you get the moderate ones, uh, the average, which are blossoms, uh, and that's what she gets. She she she's like the ambassador of the blossoms, uh, and then you've got the others that just don't really matter. So, mm. so my my question is right: uh, Do we subtract the two inches for for Chugga, or how does that work? Or is it one point six inches? You said Bruce. Well, there's a, there's a range. Obviously, some guys exaggerate more than others. I would say that, that Chugs is fairly honest. I would say that he might have been a, bit, a little bit tippy-toes. He might have been measured badly or something. <laughs> like, like, we can probably confidently assume it's like 5, 7.5, but I wouldn't give <laughs> Like, I think it's... I'm not going to downgrade him 1.6. I think he's more honest than that. So then you guys get the answer, right? Yeah, yeah 5 to 8. Uh, OX, OX did it. He, he came out with literally the five for eight on the dot. So uh, yeah, it's as far as I'm aware, that's that's what it measured. Uh, it's done like a year ago. So uh, yeah, I think I think the easiest thing is like for me, I, I didn't guess in this game, but for me, if you know somebody's weight and like for me, Chugs, I've got a background in in powerlifting, so like a lot of time lifting. And in the gym, you ask guys their weight and stuff, and you see their physiques twenty four seven, and it's like your brain is programmed. To, to understand how heavy someone is. Like if I know somebody is like six foot and they look a certain way, I can just pretty much pinpoint exactly the kilogram weight just because I've seen so many fucking physiques. Um, I've seen so many naked guys like, you know, in the shower rooms. I've, I've seen, you know, whenever I'm in the shower, like I've always asked like how heavy are you um, what do you lift and stuff like that? And I've, you know, in, in, the, in the YMCA shower room and stuff, like seeing thousands of bodies and giving guys blowjobs, I just pretty much can identify their exact weight and height. Well, I'm not the guys. I'm going to bed. Uh, it was a pleasure uh, being a part of this. And uh, yeah, take care, everyone. Much love. Keep an eye out on your DMs. Man. Okay. I love you, Chugs. Even if you're scared of me, I still love you. No, I'm not scared. I respect you. Love you too. Bye. I'm a black belt chugs fuck with me and I'll chug you out you find there's a difference if someone gives their height in centimeters versus inches and feet that the, you have to subtract less or more yeah I'm not sure I think there's also a feeling out process like if if uh, the the prisoner's dilemma situation of revealing your height is to to ask guys around you what their height is and then compare what you can get away with like if me and Zero X ears meet up and we're approximately the same height and Zero X ears claim something, I'm not going to exaggerate my height more than um, he has. I'm going to keep it around the same. There's going to be a kind of consensus 
um, that I have to feel out. But if I make a gambit by saying I'm a certain height first, Xeroxes might call that out. It's like he'll be like, but hang on, we're the same height, so you clearly can't be that height. He can call me out. He can he can call out my kind of spineless lack of integrity. So there's these interesting kind of game theoretic situations here. Um, there's there's perception of um, women and, and males. There's a kind of unspoken consensus between men, but there's also a kind of prisoner's dilemma situation of of who says their height first. It's um, a, a, a kind of problem domain I've I've struggled with for a long time, and I still haven't fully resolved. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was part one of a two-part Chepe Space. Coach Bruce, where are you? Or Alien, Live Underground. Live Underground? Live. It's live. Because if it would be lives, Alien lives, or Aliens live. Anyway, recorded on Thursday, October 27th, 2022. For Terraspaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. If you want to keep listening, head on over to terraspaces.org slash donate and show some support. In the darkest of times when the phoenix arises out of the ashes like some burned up papyrus. Open the sarcophagus and release the virus. Got a lump in your throat like tonsillitis. When the flags go up like everyone is righteous. Spending government checks sniffing up the white dust. The previous generation wants to be just like us. Fuck that shit, I'm trying to be like Mike was. Drop the bias and you might survive this. The mummy coming through to remind your highness. I might just buy up my own fucking island. Build a little bunker then wait for the timer countdown to zero day exploiting every exploit in your internet sex toys and emitting vibrations through the ether did you just come me either at the right time blindly following stars in the night sky part of me might ride away with the prize fight man versus everything else until the time's right unleash the cracking no wait that was crack fuck now everybody feeling all amped up fucking like bunnies to the national anthem ugly little shits eating up all our rhythm mishandling the captions who has the answer holding our attention for ransom Fed up with all the red tape and the boring template Like it matters if it's a blue or red state Charged every month and we can't even cancel Feeling distressed? Fuck it, kill the damsel Fuck gas, read it like we're on some undead shit And pass the bitch around like a meme from Reddit In the beginning it was suggested that the mortality rate would be 5% And the numbers are so much higher We're not ready for the next epidemic And so if your oxygen level falls too low and it cannot be kept up with just what we call nasal cannulas or rebreathing oxygen masks, if you can't get enough oxygen from that, then they will intubate the the patient.